0: Write that, write that down, Fumi Saito.
2: Hello from Burbank, California. I'm back in the States. What's going on, people? Write that down, classic edition for you this week. Fumi and I talking all things Genijiro Tenru. Mr. Pro himself. These were originally published uh, on the Fight Game Media Patreon on the Patreon page, so if you are so inclined to check more of these episodes out, these classic episodes, please go over to patreon.com backslash game media, sign up for the super cool Patreon page, Patreon monthly subscription, and you can listen to those old episodes and Pound for Pound, In the Clinch, MMA Podcast, and uh, Dynamite Show, and uh, Power Bombshells. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, Downcast, Stitcher, Audible, Google Play, all that good stuff. All right. I'm going to share with Tenryu, Mr. Pro Wrestling Parts 1 and Parts 2. Part 2. Parts 1. And Part 2. This is Right That Town. I'm Justin Nipper yeah. and I'm here with Fumi Saito. Welcome back, Fumi. Hello from Tokyo. It's good morning from Tokyo. Good morning, that's right. And good evening <laughs> from the United States. So today is a special day because we're going to start talking about a very important pro wrestler from Japan. Really important in a, a number of different ways to pro wrestling in Japan. We're going to talk about Genichiro Tenyu, former sumo wrestler who became pro wrestler, who traveled to the States, traveled back to Japan, and just wouldn't stop. Uh, the, the, there's nothing that really could stop him other than himself when he stopped in uh, 2015 against this generation's big star, uh, Kazuchika Okada. 40 years of uh, being on top. Strong
0: yes. And also he was a superstar with all giant Baba's all Japan. And then, then he became, you know, the, like a new, uh, 90s era that there was a whole bunch of new wrestling, you know, new companies started and he was one of them. I'm talking about SWS super world sports. There was a kind of ill-fated, but the big money company coming into the industry and he was, the the, the vehicle to run a big company. Then he had another round with new Japan
1: you know mm-hmm.
0: then uh, there was a you know during the uh, wrestling Japanese wrestling's dark age he was a star with hustle remember ooh uh, yeah. yeah then at the end end of this in you know, a long illustrated wrestling career he appointed Kazuchika Okada to be his very last opponent so he, mm-hmm. he started from Giant Baba era all the way to Okada era that is really long career
2: and he also was a pretty influential promoter mm-hmm. at for WAR
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah, S W S W A R. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and
0: actually secretly signing contract with New Japan, and uh, he worked as an outsider. You know what I'm saying, like an invasion kind of angle that the Japanese heel that doesn't necessarily work for New Japan. But he well, actually he was under contract with New Japan, but he always treated like an outsider, like a much like N W O kind of philosophy. You know, yes and uh yeah and he uh, had a single match against every single talent there was ricky choshu or oh, antonio inoki of course ricky choshu fujinami muto hashimoto chono kensuke sasaki everybody
2: and uh, if uh,
0: of course there was a run uh, giant, uh yeah well, the, w- early early 90s be, right before sws there was a strong. A strong program jumbo true against jumbo tru uh ten ten ru as heel it
2: mm-hmm. was big and they were former tag partners as well
0: right that's why it was really big
2: yeah know? they
0: giant baba giant baba all japan doesn't run like american style storyline angle that much they if you remember Stan Hansen Bruce of they never had this promo you know like a storyline backstage skit no mic but uh there was a time that uh, you turn Japanese baby face to a, to a like a not quite bad guy here, but uh, you are leaving the park and you become your own person, individual, therefore heel that uh, the Jum- Jumbo Tenryu program meant so much that uh, who's going to be the actual leader of this company kind of thing.
2: Mm. And they had a lot of real history together. Over 10 years Yeah, from yeah,
0: that too. They were actually not enemies. They respected each other. And they, um, Giant Baba didn't think they hated each other, but, uh, it was a perfect program, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Imagine if a, a, a famous doubles tennis team suddenly had to face off against each other. It's a situation, they don't dislike each other. It's more like a competitive scenario.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I, we, Japanese wrestling fan, you know, need believable storyline, you know, believable. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, let's go. Tenru has such a long career that there's a, I don't even know where to start, but let's start from the very base because uh, see, our listeners out there is today's wrestling fans, right? hmm Basically, yeah. Basically. Much sure. younger than
2: we are. <laughs> there's an eclectic but, mix uh, of all kinds of listeners from that's a, good, that's good. young to anything.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that's good, though because if you learn history of it you know you have better understanding
2: yeah absolutely it it's the full yeah. story
0: yeah and then how japanese wrestling company run their you know programs and, and 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 just the not not just program but the it's like the drama that never ends right mm-hmm. so
1: yeah
2: And I think there's a generation, at least my generation of fans in the States are at least have a cursory uh, kind of uh, experience with Tenu with his appearances on big WWF uh, events in the 90s. And I don't think WWF gave the full story. I mean, there's a lot to unload when we're trying to learn about Tenu. But when Uh. he came to WWF, he was just a famous wrestler. Nobody really understood that. So maybe there's people out there that always and remember him.
0: Limited appearance. Limited
2: know? appearance, limited knowledge. Yeah, and Royal Rumble here and
0: WrestleMania, and WrestleMania here and just the, the guest star from foreign country,
2: huh? Mm, but yeah. with no reason explained on television. Right. Just some and guy.
0: The Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon didn't uh, you know, necessarily give the whole story during the broadcasting of your Royal Rumble.
2: No royal rumble or when at uh, wrestlemania 7 with kitao and yeah. they were in the tag uh, team
0: match and the the match was what the 7 8 minute that's impossible to explain who yeah. he is and what he meant it's uh,
2: it was uh, kind of uh, confusing at the time to at least when i was when i was 6 7 years old, seven years old or okay, something okay
0: okay right
2: who the heck is this right, guy let's
0: start cuz it's uh now it's uh, a completely in an era that they, you know if these you know the listeners are friendly listeners out there you know interested in what we're talking today they can go back and you know do their own little you know additional research on it too sure
2: yeah i think we should start when because tenu he started training as an athlete when he was 14 and he started training in sumo he was a big boy so
0: it's like a traditionally you know you know a big boy in the countryside you know their relatives or your neighbors they say well send send your kids to sumo sumo, right it's like a really legitimate you know um what's the word i'm looking for um and it's kind of like it's a sport but it's an art and it's a theatrical but it's you know still fight you know fighting and uh, you have what 700 years history in sumo wrestling and yeah all these things but he Became sumo wrestler uh, weeks before his 14th birthday, meaning he was still 13 when he moved to Tokyo. And they put him in in, in school, then they started training professionally when you were age of 14. In sumo, you know, usually there are like a 700 to 800 sumo wrestlers in in the whole stable of sumo world, and only 40 of them will go into the grand status. Yeah,
2: that's so hard, yeah. He came from a place called Fukui in Japan. Yes, yeah, so Fukui prefecture. Yeah. It's not very popular. And I don't think, I don't know how many of our listeners out there are familiar with this place, but how would you describe this place compared to Tokyo? Because Tokyo is oh, big... Oh, Tokyo is in New politics. York. And yeah. the Fukui
0: is what, uh, Alabama? I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's, it's out there. It's, yeah. it, it's out there. There's not much. It, <laughs> there's not much. There's not, it gets pretty cold in the winter. <laughs> yeah. um, the it, countryside. countryside. Boy, yeah and the yeah. big boy
0: yeah so it, Kinda, it, it reminds me of like a terry goldie you know being sure. 14 and from tennessee and the state border and then you can you know drive to atlanta and oh i mean not atlanta but the, the state border of your tennessee and and kentucky and georgia and you know there's a you know four state you know little corner that the, you can travel to and then uh, terry goldie age of 14 was sent to 10 you know te, you know uh, the state border of tennessee to be trained and, uh, yeah, he became wrestler, young, that kind mm-hmm.
2: of thing. Yeah, and, and they Tenyu and, and Gordy would meet up later. And yes. Be, so it's a good comparison. Yeah. So, so he's in sumo for how long did Ten he compete? Years. 10 okay. years.
0: 10 years. 11 years. Yeah. And actually, he was not no-name sumo wrestler. He was named sumo wrestler. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's he was wrestling start. in the top division, not, not, not the quite, uh, yokozuna. lower division. Not
0: hmm. quite. yokozuna. Yokozuna meaning grand champion. You know, mm. Yokozuna, the Ozeki, the sekiwake, the Komusubi, there's all kinds of hierarchy status. But he was in the grand, you know, Makunouchi status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he... he. He's yeah, even... I watched Tenru before he was a wrestler, yes.
2: Yeah, he beat guys like a famous sumo wrestlers, Chino Fuji. He he, when he was young. Yeah, when he, he was yeah, younger. He had
0: a fight against, you know, then then champion Wajima. Those mm-hmm. two meet up in
2: the professional wrestling ring later on too. That's right, and, in, in old yeah. Japan, yeah. Um, so he's in sumo wrestling for 10 years. He's not some, uh, you know, 11 years, Yeah, 11 years, fans uh, of, of wrestling, both sumo and pro wrestling. They're at least a little bit familiar with this guy. And he eventually, when he's in his mid twenties, he comes to Baba's all Japan.
0: 26 when he was, yeah. 26. Yeah. And Um, the fall of 1976.
2: Yeah. So I don't think. There's been any other wrestlers that have done this, but there was a really kind of special traditional, uh, not traditional or unique, uh, entering the pro wrestling industry ceremony and leaving the sumo wrestling ceremony uh, sort of uh, thing they did in the ring. The father
0: of Japanese professional wrestling, Ricky Dozen, he was also a status sumo wrestler, you know, very decorated career he had. Mm. Because of Ricky that there are a lot of former sumo wrestlers turned to pro wrestler. you know, you name, maybe like traditional wrestlers. Toyonobori. Toyonobori, Yoshino Sato, Azuma Fuji, the, most of them, yeah, all the way up down down to like a, a, Haruka a Eigen,
2: you know, mm.
0: yeah. or oh, Akira Yotohama. Kaue.
2: Tawa, yeah, that's right.
0: Hama, yeah, Hama, recently, yes. Uh, uh, Akebono yeah, uh, was in yeah. pro wrestling recently. Akebono, Akebono was a grand champion, the very first, you know, grand, uh, that the Hawaii, oh, the Musashi Maru was the first Hawaiian someone grand sumo champion, but the, Akebono was like a much, much bigger star. Mm. And uh, he had this, you know, ill fated K1 career before he turned pro wrestler. But yes. that, that, that's that, that's another subject for another mm. day. But um, we had lot of lot of in Japan. We had a lot of that this former sumo wrestler turned to professional wrestler, uh, Rikidozan era to uh, early you know Baba Inoki era. Now we don't have too many, you know. Yeah,
2: because I don't think sumo is as popular as it was in the seventies and eighties. Like like back still then, it was TV, quite hot. Yeah, st-
0: still on NHK. It's going yeah. on right
2: this week in Nagoya yeah, right. right yeah, that's
0: grand Tournament right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. people watch that, and uh, uh, usually, you know, like a, uh, like a regular home, you know, after school, you know, small zone TV, like uh, three o'clock, four o'clock on, you know, so so leave it on, you know, hmm. like uh, you leave your football TV or uh, baseball, you know, TV and uh, that uh, game on your TV, you know, you, whether you watch it or not, you just leave it on, kind of thing. Yeah, That's
2: it's your tradition.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a grand- your your grandparents' house. Yes
2: you're familiar with all the sounds like the referee uh calling the match and so on
0: oh yeah yeah goji and all these tradition and yeah and then they're wrestling on sand
2: right yeah dohyo yeah, yeah dohyo dohyo we'll have and to uh, someday the, yeah, come back to it and talk more about sumo
0: sumo yeah and also why we have like a, so many historical wrestling match ryogoku sumo hall,
2: you know mm-hmm.
0: at the home of sumo wrestling yeah, so we share a lot of these things, you know, uh, b- between two different sports, sumo wrestling and, you know, American-style professional wrestling. There were a strong link to it. Very strong. And, yeah, and then, Ricky, yeah, father of wrestling, Ricky Dozen. But Tenru is the most, you know, definitely one of the most influential person from that mm. you know, link.
2: Yeah. So when he started to train for pro wrestling, who were the people in charge of his training?
0: Actually, what
2: do you call that? You know,
0: sending your wrestler to foreign country. You know,
2: a uh, foreign excursion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, he didn't even debut in Japan. Jan Baba sent him to Amarillo, Texas, right away. Mm-hmm. You know, much like what he did with Jumbo Tura, he was sent to Amarillo, Texas, and trained under the Funks, Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk. You know, so foreign excursion isn't exactly new japan tradition it's japanese progressing's tradition giant baba was sent to america antonio inoki was sent to america
2: so it's been a tradition and ricky does on
0: yeah. too Rick he does mean- him too, for like a two-year period he spent in california yes
2: he's very popular yeah so there's yeah. been the It's continuing the tradition and and, and mm-hmm. he
0: was part of that kind of like you know sending your baseball player to major league or minor league or whatever that you spend a certain amount of time and when you come back you are Becoming your own star, kind of thing. Mm. So so Tenru was sent to Amarillo, Texas, and that's where he debuted. And his first match actually was young Ted DiBiase. That's right.
2: Isn't that interesting? They they trained together. Is that right? Yeah, I guess so. A A lot of guys were
0: trained, like people like Tali Blanchard. Yeah, yeah. Tali Blanchard, uh, Ted DiBiase, quite a few. Yeah. When so he, there was a territory in Amarillo, Texas. And also, yeah, let's, um, uh, to, now that we talked about Amarillo, Texas, the, let's briefly touch upon Terry Funk. Yeah, because the last couple of days, it's been crazy that uh, I spoke, yesterday I spoke with somebody who spoke with Terry Funk on the phone two, two days ago okay yeah yeah because uh he's a you know a friend of mine who does um all the terry funks t-shirt and uh ah a, haru I Haru. yeah i spoke yeah. with Haru yesterday that the, he spoke with terry and terry's daughter a couple of days ago and uh they were uh not angry but uh they just realized that's what happens in, in, in internet era you know this is like um. almost like the that the source of information came from two only two places It was initially Dom Morocco's podcast from Hawaii. Not are you with me? Mm. Yeah, that that, you know, how Terry Funk is, you know, he's at this care home and hell, you know, like a multiple health problem, and he's suffering from dementia and this and this. The Dom Morocco heard this story from Scott Casey from Texas, Mm -hmm. Scott Casey, the former wrestler. Mm-hmm. He said he visited Terry Funk recently and this is, you know, his condition. Then the Scott Casey told Don Morocco, uh, friends, right? And uh, Dom Morocco a few days ago talked about this on his podcast from Hawaii. Then this information of how Terry Funk is getting you know, so sick and all these things like blown out of proportion. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: how how... Serious? Would
2: you say it is well, in he's, reality? He, he's
0: somebody he's, he's like a same old Terry Funk, talking and joking, you know, joking and just just as funny as he's you know. Not like they the, the close the people close to Terry Funk were, were were kind of angry that there's like how this dementia part got blown out of proportion. Hmm. Well, he's fine. He said he's fine. it's Like, yeah, his wife Vicky died a couple of, you know, summers ago, and then he's been living all by himself and. What would you do when you were, what, uh, 70-some years old and living in a home, you know? And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so it's like, yeah, right. He is not the same, but he's just like, of course you're 70-some years old and getting weak and living all by himself and he needs care. He always had bad knees and everything else, but uh, yeah.
2: Even on the English Twitter, Terry Funk's name was trending today yeah yeah so people people are yeah, like because pouring that, their hearts so, out for him
0: well that means like a, you know, how that tells you how popular terry funk still is and people care about him which is good and we all care about terry funk you know how huge terry funk was and is to japanese wrestling community you know for last 50 years for christ's sake you know and uh people want to know about you know you know if anything happened to terry funk that of course, Japanese fans, all the fans all over the world want to know about it. But this time, because of this, you know, the how how information, you know, true or not, that travels so fast in this internet era and you know, all these social media thing, it's like it, it, this information and in a news story,
2: this, you know, has its own life or something, right? It's really, uh, it takes a life of its own.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying Yeah, so uh, it's not necessarily really accurate Terry Funk is fine And it is people who spoke with him, you know, on the phone a couple of days ago. Now that the people's been calling him, whomever has Terry Funk's home phone number, he's not exactly iPhone person, you know. He Hmm. has a ground phone at his own house, you know, and he's not answering. So as soon as somebody calls in Terry Funk's house, yes, automatically the voicemail or answering machine comes on. That worries people too, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. And... uh, Yeah, and then, well, he's not going to answer every single phone calls. The phone's been ringing off the hook, right, by now. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And uh, not as, you know, as horrible as it's been reported. Let's put it that way.
2: It's sort of like what happened with the New Japan WWE thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like a source was single,
0: singular source, you know. Every single wrestling website reported it, you know, but every single wrestling news site or whatever that social media wrestling website that they reported New Japan and the old Japan thing, uh, New Japan and WWE thing. It's always according to Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer. This is such and such and such. This is always, it was like a single source information.
2: But what the editors on the website do, they you know they this what that. they yeah they cure, it, they cherry picked it and it goes in you know it's not untrue but it was also picked because it would probably get people excited which course, is what it did and it all spread these, from there
0: and all these 50 year old wrestling fan became like a
2: little kid they got so excited oh my gosh you know and so many people got angry too
0: yeah that too and but the people who were telling me it's like, you know better than that. Come on, right? But they were like, oh, next year's 1.4. Next year's Tokyo Dome, January 4th. It's gonna be the uh, that the cross promotion, that the mega show, WWE superstar against New Japan superstar. This and that. I'm coming to Japan. All right.
2: Like, <laughs> They're like little kids.
0: Yeah, they turned into little kids. But yeah. that news was that exciting. Well, it.
2: But that's because that's the nature of the news cycle, wrestling news cycle in the States right now. And in English is because the Mm -hmm. website, there's so many websites out there and they all, they're not competing for good talent or, excuse me, content. It's all about getting to the news first and aggregating it first and spreading it out. It's, it's like a, it's a game of the, it'll expire just as much, just as soon, right? Yeah. Anything that will get the clicks on the website because that boosts the advertising. That's where it's all through advertising. It's not like a news, if a good newspaper is good, people read it, but it's not like that anymore. If a news, uh, a website is popular, it's because it has a lot of money from advertising because it's getting a lot of clicks. Clicks don't equal reads.
0: Today's readership, you know, today's readers, most of them just want to read the headline and maybe one paragraph. That's about it.
2: Yeah. So they cannot
0: read books, you know, you know, a lot of people just want to read maybe a pair, you know, headline and maybe three lines and after that.
2: Yeah. And that's another thing. I mean, in Japan, the print media is still thriving, even though it's a lot different than it was 20 smaller, years ago. A lot ago.
0: smaller, though. Yeah. But yeah, compared with the different. over
2: here, I mean.
0: All kinds of Japanese you know, people in general is always more reading oriented than American people, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So 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 that's that's the portion that, that we talked about the, the internet new house spread it's really symbolic it's a new japan wwe thing and today i mean a couple days ago this terry funk thing and blown out of proportion and yes uh yeah it was like i had to call haru right away It's like, did you hear this is that true And it's like i didn't even know you know and uh yeah it's like terry funks well okay it's hmm. like um he's the same funny you know this great sense of humor terry funk yes
2: i mean people should expect any anybody in their 70s and especially after they've been doing death matches and wrestling for 40 years they're... well it's yeah. much like you know the, the ten Roo we're talking about today the terry funk had like
0: nine lives you
2: know <laughs> yeah very much so i think those are two that's a good analogy um they had yeah, territory days. Yeah, and they adapted.
0: Days. They adapted then he, to the each Japanese generation. Korea, and he even had a WW, WWF run, you know. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. made a strong comeback with Terry Funk against Sabu. That went into ECW, you know, the whole philosophy of it. Then um, then that he came back in mid 90s in, in Japan that he had another run as a, as a, like a legend, you know, this time. And uh, yes. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, like a different chapter of his career. Yeah, mm. and the same. I'm match, hoping yeah. he's gonna come back to Japan one or two more times and have one match each. I mean, just he will probably do it. You know, and uh, yeah, he's not retired. I mean, I mean, the one of the things that the wrestling pro wrestler never retires. That the Terry Funk is one of them. You know,
2: NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. I, I mean he he did say he retired a few times but we all know well, that he
0: made come back you know <laughs> he made come like back just like he just like his student in his people atsushi onita
2: ah uh, yeah who just came oh, back uh, last on, weekend
0: yeah onita patterned himself after terry funk yeah hmm.
2: yeah he i heard the cops came to the uh, explosion match they had at the fruit the fruit stand over the weekend
1: because
0: you're not supposed to have that big of an explosive in in that uh, indoor. Yeah, it,
2: there was a lot of smoke. I guess the smoke was. Uh, I guess, yeah, going out yeah. into the other uh, stands. But
0: uh, what do you expect from Onita's deathmatch <laughs> show? You know, when you say Onita's FMW making comeback, you expect that. You know, but it's a different era of fans too. Because these are the fans that didn't really um, witness that 25 years ago. You heard about it, you watched the video, you've seen things on YouTube, old FMW tapes, yeah. but they didn't really experience that. So this time, yeah, younger fans, or the younger, not younger, but the, the ones who didn't really witness that in person back then, now that the, this is your chance, that the is doing deathmatch again, all right, let's go, mm.
2: you know, kind of thing. I don't know if it's going to be the same scale, I mean, back in the oh, 90s. Maybe not,
0: maybe not, but 52, it's more like 2000.
2: You are like a rock music, you know, like you, but you know,
0: Bob Seeger or somebody uh, doing a concert in smaller venue, but the still same guy, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like when your favorite band from a long time ago comes out with another yeah. new album and it's not the same, but, but the best they, they want to see the best of, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's always going to be the best of Onita. Yeah. So I want Terry Funk to do one more best of Terry Funk tour in Japan. He, he might.
2: Uh, speaking of uh, funk in Japan, a couple weeks ago at the All Japan, um, the big Ota Award show, Dory Funk Jr. appeared on the screen to send, you know, he's like the, the commissioner The president character. of
0: PWF, yeah, commissioner of PWF. PWF
2: yeah. Yes,
0: yes. Pacific Wrestling Federation. That's like the, uh, if you study the history of All Japan Pro Wrestling, PWF, actually it never existed right
2: mm, it's, just it's just a body it's just a fake body of uh i don't know i guess
0: yeah like so a- they didn't want to say you know the heavyweight you know world heavyweight champion recognized by all japan pro wrestling it's a lot better to have your headquarter in hawaii and the first president was a uh, lord james blair's probably mm-hmm. pwf office was in his apartment right <laughs> yeah in in Honolulu, which is fine, which is fine, but the Lord James Blair was, was a superstar American wrestler from Ricky Dozen era. That helps, you know. It's like, a, wow, the real deal coming. Uh, you announce your title match, you know, mm. that the title match sanctioned by NWA and uh, no recognized by NWA and sanctioned by PWF Pacific Wrestling Federation. That
2: sounds big, right? And he would do that announcement even into the 90s. He would come over yeah, and do those yeah, announcements,
0: like a, like a 70-some-year-old, 80-year-old Lord James Blair. Now. That the Dory Funk is a commissioner of PWF. Mm. You know, people want to see, you know, Dory Funk well. You know, yeah, and still wearing the cowboy hat,
2: and speaking Japanese too.
0: Well, he he does speak Japanese, mm. yeah, which is really good. Anyhow, yeah, that's that's the those are the things that the little element that the the help Japanese lesson a little bit better because we love history, we we love legitimacy of it, and uh, yeah make the title match look like a real title match
2: back to tenru yeah uh talking about the funks that's kind of where tenru and and the funks right. kind of Tenryu first met sent, up yeah tenru was sent to before his debut
0: a 26 year old tenru you know he chopped up his you know samurai hair dude. and no more sumo wrestler a transition tra- transition was really really di- difficult because you know why
2: why is that sumo
0: wrestlers sumo wrestlers don't take back bumps
2: right yeah it's yeah. not like judo or or wrestling not like, like Jumbo judo, tuda, keep, No. yeah
0: right so w- when you fall to your back that's it you're dead in sumo wrestling
2: hmm. it's over match is over so you
0: you yeah match is over so you never purposely take your bump Taking right bump actually save your, I mean, your body, you know, it's a, you know, like you can land safe. And you yeah, do have it's, to do that.
2: It's important to be able to break your fall in any kind of fight. Right, It
0: was a wider surface, you mm-hmm.
2: know? Yeah, yeah I mean, you want the uh, ground to absorb everything from yeah, and your slam fall. Yeah, then both
0: your hands into your mat, boom, and, mm. you know, yeah, spread your damage or the impact.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: if you do that, yeah, it's like – You'd be relatively safe. And also yeah. tuck your head in. You know, tuck your head in. You never yep. hit back of your head, right? You keep so your fun, yeah, keep your chin down. Chin down and see your belly button. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. And that was the first thing Terry you know, Tenru was learning from Dory Funk and Terry Funk. Very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So and he-, he debuted in the same era. What was interesting was like a then student rookie, Ted DiBiase. Then, the, the how big of a star, million dollar man. Ted DBS will become later on. Hmm. Then they'll they will meet again though. That's what's so interesting about wrestling. You know, the kind of life runs its own cycle, and then like ten years later, Tenru and Ted DBS will be doing the match. Jumbo Tenru against Stan Hansen. and Ted DBS program, if you remember.
2: Yeah, it seems like the, the, the best seem to stick around and their their paths often cross because they are the best the the real best not just who says who is the best but you know who who the real deals are
0: yeah so he sta- tenru uh stayed in Amarillo Texas about 8 uh, 8 9 months period then came back and had the real debut match in Japan so he was in the main event cluster from the day one
2: yeah you know? he he was kind of like uh, jumbo tsuru who came around at this yeah, time yeah. too yeah so
0: it was the jam- giant baba's method so traditionally Rikidozan era or, or new japan's or, or inoki philosophy they'll make you um start from your second match then climb up right mm-hmm. baba had different philosophy or use your you know strong rookie like uh you start using him still green though but you'll put them in the main event position like much like lex luger you know
2: what mm-hmm. mean? or the uh, all japan's recent the saito brothers the sumo yeah, brothers. yeah right
0: sumo brothers the twin brothers Oh, they, 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 they're they green all, yeah they will be because they gonna they have to use them i mean what's what's the point of having those guys in the opening match they're mm-hmm. great athletes already, you know, and uh, the proven athletes. So, yeah, they sh- still green, though. I'm sure they need experience, but uh, it's important to put these strong, super rookie into a certain position right away.
2: And yeah, because it's really done. Yeah. We get to see them kind of grow. And with Tenru, we, we got to see him grow in professional wrestling a lot of different ways, too. Yeah. He, he, he's special from the beginning,
0: very beginning. Yet, wrestling fans sometimes resent that treatment too you know he was not very popular five in the first five six years uh
2: and because he came from
0: outside that too and the being put him in a main event cluster right away and uh, he, when he was not exactly ready you know jumbo great worker you know already jump giant uh, baba superstar and also the king you know and uh, all the american superstars are like a real superstars you know, coming to all japan you're talking dory funk terry funk working as full time and you, you had your Abdullah the butcher and all these american superstar he had to work with yeah uh tenu was not quite ready but uh yeah but still in in, in the main event cluster then he had the second trip second trip to america again though no
2: what year was that it was it was like a Uh, 78
0: 79 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then he did back and forth and i think he had longer tour than anybody like jumbo only had one big tour you know besides the awa run but uh, when he was rookie he only worked jumbo only worked amarillo texas and came back and became main event and pretty much stayed in japan but uh, Tenru came back and worked uh, about a year rookie main event status babyface type uh he was sent back to america he probably wanted it but uh, he went back to america and worked uh nwa florida he worked georgia he worked north carolina Crocketts and he had actual real long tour with america and that's when he became like a really really wrestler you know
2: mm-hmm. uh, he
0: yeah was renting his f- own yeah renting his own car booking his own hotel you know, traveling, not the company provided buses, but the, he had to drive your own car to get to town. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. it did everything American.
2: All the, the South Atlantic kind of area, right? Like the Florida, like Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham, yeah. yeah. Mid-Atlantic, like you said. Yeah.
0: yeah, before it was WCW, NW Crockett promotion, lot, requires a lot of driving, right? And, and I think, Atlanta, yeah, yeah around NW, this time- Georgia.
2: Yeah. NWA Georgia, yeah. I I think around this time, he also was tagging with Mr. Fuji, who had been in the States. Yeah,
0: in, in Atlanta. and also mm-hmm. had a short run with Mr. Sato before Mr. Sato was uh, Great Kabuki. Ah. Yeah. And in Florida, different company, but it didn't matter. He had a tag, you know, he tagged with Masa Saito, too. In Japan, I mean, Masa Saito sounds like you're a New Japan big heel, right? Mm-hmm. But in America, oh, well, once you're in America, yeah, you 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 know you be you know working with people like from different companies like Tenru worked with Killer Khan, Tenru tagged with Masa Saito. or even Tiger Hatori was around as a manager, and yeah, he did all that. Yeah.
2: So when he was in the states and working, did Tenru speak much English? I think he picked up. Mm-hmm. You know what? He speaks a um,
0: lot more English than he lets up.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he seems like a quiet everything. kind of guy.
0: Yeah, you know, much like, much like Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen understood Japanese without telling everybody about
2: it. Ah,
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You hear, it, you know, or you understand a whole lot more than you can say. How's that?
2: And is it true that uh, weren't Stan Hansen and Tenu like roommates in uh, in Texas around this time when Tenu was training? Uh, or, or that was Jumbo. That was Jumbo. That was, oh, yeah, okay, that was Jumbo. Okay. Yeah, so, when Jumbo's rookie year,
0: uh stayed in the same apartment with uh, with people like Stan Hansen and Bob Backlund. Ah, okay. Hey, Bob Backlund went on and became WWF champion. You know, mm-hmm. so these are very interesting connections there.
2: And yeah. uh it must have been so uh extreme of a, a lifestyle change to go from a teenager living in a sumo lifestyle to living in the in Southeastern America? United States for wrestling, at a pretty hot yeah, time for the for the business. There was more money at Levgate. Yeah, and and Lev then, Gates, ter- yeah.
0: And there were territories, so he were, you know he was able to travel on his yeah. own, and he really became wrestler, you know, professional wrestler. And there were more Japanese wrestlers in America at the time. You know, actually, see, first tra- first trip to Amarillo, Texas. Jan Baba sent Tenru. With, and then he There was like an assistant that uh, you take care uh, of Tenru, you know, you go there, you know, over there with him. There was a uh, Kazo Sakura, ah. sa- another mm. former sumo wrestler, a good friend of Tenru, who later on became Kendo Narasaki. Is mm. that an interesting connection?
2: Yeah. And the, he both kind of came up in the same areas, too. If you if you think about Kendo yeah. Narasaki, where he was, he was in all the same places Tenyu usually was.
0: Yeah. And then you know, what, what was interesting is, though, Tenru was brought back from Amarillo, Texas, one year later to become the part of the Maven cluster, right? Mm-hmm. And Baba told Sakurada, you can stay there as much as, as, long, as long as you want to go ahead. They just didn't have much plan for Sakurada, you know? Yeah, he had Therefore, his own path, different path. Than yeah, so he became Mr. Sakurada and then went to Kansas and Central States and went all the way up to Calgary, Canada, and he went back to Florida. And then all of a sudden, he's a uh, Kendo Narasaki and he had different paths. But uh, later on, they meet again. You know, that's another interesting connection. Tenru and Sakura meet up again in All Japan Ring and SWS Ring mm. later on. Yeah very interesting but anyhow that we got to stick with ten root story you know this time that he traveled and then he came back as more you know polished professional yet something was still lacking and clearly beneath jambotsura clearly number three you know baba is a promoter and a director and producer and the main guy and, and owner of the company so it was jam Baba's, this was all japan's you know Baba's company and jumbo Tura, the biggest baby face and um num, in ring number one guy huh and yeah Ten, Tenru was going to be very much like a, always underneath Ten, Ten, you know jumbo Tura. and by one match one night By having this very historical tag team match that he really became another i mean like another person different person overnight which is summer of 1981 Mm -hmm. some of 1981 international tag team championship now that's a part of all japan's still they're still using the same belt from that era remember now that the suama and all these guys the the, the miyahara and aoyagi they -hmm. have this same you know bird you know eagle looking belt that's a thin leather yeah yeah yeah. the international tag team then nine summer of 1981 the then international tag team champion was giant baba and jumbo tsura that's top right Mm -hmm. the challenger was going to be billy robinson and dickie slater dirty dickie slater ah and Dick Slater got injured and was, you know, then went home during the, you know, in the middle of the tour. And the very end of the, end of the tour, that there was going to be the international tag team championship for the main event. Baba, Jumbo against Billy, Billy Robinson and some. Then they did this incredible angle where Billy Robinson and Tenru came out together as newly formed tag team of that night they're wearing the uh, purple royal color purple matching trunks and they came in and then people go whoa they did it unannounced all of a sudden Tenru is working against baba and jumbo in that ring and uh the he had this you know we, we, we have to know that the uh, billy, how big billy robinson was in japan at the time
2: yeah, by that, by the early 80s, he was established. It was
0: a slowing down, yeah, a little bit. But uh, he was still the challenger of the the big title match. And storyline, well, Baba made it, of course, but the storyline said that the Billy Robinson asked Tenru to join. And he, um, overnight, <clears throat> working against Baba and Jumbo, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this Tenru can work heel, right? and uh yeah by one night that, that something changed in people's perception changed probably overnight and uh yeah tenru became like a, another i mean he just let's say another dimension of tenru came out and uh yeah that was a very you know historical moment that Tenru and Billy Robinson became tag team and challenged Baba and Jumbo for the international tag team title. They didn't win the title, but uh, that time on, people changed the way they look at Tenru. Yeah. But for, for the next few years, next four years to be exact, Jumbo and Tenru were still regular tag team partners, you know, like number two and number three guy. You
2: know? mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. months after that tag team match, they would those two Jumbo and Tenryu, would team up, and they would they had that yeah, famous yeah, yeah. uh, Hanson and Brody match at the oh, that too, Yeah, oh, really God. famous every, match. Every November to December, eighty-one.
0: Yeah, eighty-one. But in the day, Jumbo and Tenu were together as babyface top tag team of, uh, until probably eighty-four, eighty-five era.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were then, they seemed like the yeah. only team that could take on the foreign teams. Yeah, because they got the size, you know. Mm. Actually, jumbo and tenru
0: uh, they, they are much bigger in size than today's Japanese um superstars. You know, you you look at people like Naito, the uh Kazuchika Okada or or people like uh, Kota Ibushi, they are actually physically much smaller than Jumbo and Tenru. Mm. Notice that?
2: There, there's. It's more athletic, and it's more oh, about course, muscle definition. These guys were oh, God, big, science, tall science dudes. Of
0: body, yes, yes. Yeah. They built like bodybuilders and, and they do like a Game Boy, you know, like a flipping and diving and all these fancy things. Today's wrestlers do. Yeah, Jumbo Tendo never did that, but they were taller and heavier. You know.
2: Would you compare yeah. it a little bit yeah. to something like a Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar?
0: Ah, something okay, like okay. that. Probably, probably, because Jumbo, former Olympic, yeah, Olympian from 1972 Munich Olympic, teaming teaming with legitimate sumo superstar Tenru. yeah, it's just like legitimacy was there always, yeah, and much I, like yeah. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, yeah, good
2: comparison. I think that people also <clears throat> didn't accept Brock Lesnar initially like they like they do now
0: like a monster guy
2: yeah, yeah. i mean his career again his like tenues changed over the years drastically mm-hmm. yeah so
0: i guess you have to leave your existing environment then come back you know what i'm saying yeah you have to be the hero's once. journey yeah yeah because you are not you shouldn't be around i mean i mean shouldn't be around the whole time it's a not not the whole time but sometimes you're gonna leave and come back make yeah. people miss you
2: you know? well, and because you come back with uh, things to share, a new perspective. and uh, Yeah. Nobody looked like 10 po- in the ring. Polished
0: and polished, aged. Yeah. yeah, polished, aged, or maybe even different costume. and uh, Yeah, distinguished um, too. Tenru, yeah, distinguished. Tenru in rookie years was always wearing like a blue trunks or the purple trunks, not mm-hmm. quite black trunks yet, you know? And combed Remember, hair. Yeah. Perm, yeah.
2: Perm, yeah. Remember
0: yeah. when Jumbo was wearing like a blue and red and stars on it? Mm-hmm. Like Terry Funk was in the 70s? Yeah, and he, he looked like in...
2: an American wrestler. He dressed like somebody from yeah, Texas yeah. blue, area. Blue wrestling boots,
0: red wrestling boots. Yeah, yeah. Basic. And then w- when you become single main event guy, you change your costume to black trunks to black wrestling boots it's like a real strong style kind of. A mm-hmm. well, strong style is new japan term, but uh, more like a serious guy.
2: Yeah. serious Japanese
0: so combat style. <clears throat> yeah, and then during that, you know, early 80s era before triple crown era. There was three single titles. Giant Baba's PWF heavyweight title, right? Mm-hmm. Pacific Wrestling Federation belt and Jumbo Tsura's International Singles belt. And then Pretty much the third as a position, which is kind of third, yeah. But uh, Tenru was single United National UN Heavyweight Champion.
1: Mm-hmm. It's,
0: it's kind of confusing to have so many singles belt, who's better or who's above or below or whatever. But uh, before Triple Crown era, there was always three single titles in All in, in Japan ring. And Jumbo always had the international belt. And Tenryu, it was Tenru's belt that it was UN belt.
2: And uh, he beat Ricky Steamboat for that when he won it first time.
0: Right, right, right. It was gonna be David Von Erich, but uh, and uh, David Von Erich came in as U N champion after the Phantom title change in Texas. Phantom. I don't mm-hmm. think it really happened, but he came in. David Von Erich came in as U N champion, and uh, he um, passed away be- the, the, before the first night of the tour. That's another story for another, yeah, uh, day. But uh, so U N, yeah. Uh, un title was Tenru's.
2: Yeah, records. that was his thing. His title, kind of not his title, but people. Uh, you know, that's
0: the belt th- he was. He always had.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like you know, some people think of. Do you remember the IWGP crown shaped belt? I think of Hashimoto when I think of that. The second one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, you know, it's not his belt, but it's in our minds associated that's what, with that. Yeah, design was. Yeah. Or Steve right. Austin with the uh, skull belt.
0: Oh, very original! Yeah, yeah, it's it's their version. Yeah, I I understand that. Well, the spinning version is John Cena, right?
2: Of course, yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah. the probably the best example these days. So right. yeah. So
0: UN belt, UN belt was always ten rules, you know. Mm. But that is also something that made him number two, number three. Because mm-hmm. international belt and UN belt, the people kind of wonder about that. It's like international belts is above. UN, isn't it it's like a, they didn't tell you that but you kind of feel that
2: yes yeah yeah it depends on how it's booked or how it's marketed yeah then
0: what you need is another outsider rivalry in 19 end of 1984 and actually two year run 1985 and 1986 Ricky Choshu and his guy migrated from New Japan to old Japan and you know, Ricky they invaded. Yeah, Ricky Ch- yeah, invaded Riki Chōshu, the Killer Khan, the a uh, little bit of Yatsu, back, right? Shaki. yeah Yatsu, Animal Hamaguchi, Teranishi, the all those guys, all fifteen of them mm-hmm. migrated from New Japan to Old Japan. They signed the contract and signed also signed the contract with Channel Four Nippon TV. They believe Nippon TV believed that the Chōshu Riki Chōshu came in was going to stay forever, which he didn't. But uh, what made Tenru? much bigger star during that era was the single match program between Ricky Choshu and Tenru as a popularity as a popularity that the, that's when Tenru surpassed the in popularity of, of Jumbo Tu. He so, became more popular than jumbo then that time.
2: and that was because of his work with Choshu
0: yeah, and then dated so many times. In those two-year run of Ricky Choshu and his in his army, 85 and 86, there was only one single match between Ricky Choshu and Jumbo Only once. Only once. Oh, they met night after night after night in a six-man tag team or regular tag team situation, but that the single match only occurred once. At the Osaka-joe Castle Hall in 1985, it was, as you guessed it, 16-minute Broadway. They never did it again. Because no, nobody could win. I mean, Jumbo beat Ricky Chōshu. Ch- Ricky Chōshu beat Jumbo. They just can't do right.
2: I heard stories that, that around this time Chōshu was probably at his most popular, and maybe Tenru was getting there. So this must have yeah, been right. Like uh, by
0: having a long program, that uh, Tenru became much, much bigger star. And in ring chemistry, Ricky Chōshu and Tenru had much better chemistry than Chōshu and Jumbo would have. Why do you think that is? Oh, similar size, similar style, you know, Tenru chopping, you know, and then uh, you know, sumo thrust against Ricky Choshu's, you know, Ricky Lariat, and, uh, you know, you have more striking and uh, not fancy moves, but more like a clash, you know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the contact. Rugged, tough contact.
2: guys. Yeah, yeah. Just like Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody and and, and the big, big uh, NWA style athletic pro wrestling, like a bunch of football players or amateurs. Yeah, like a big shoulder block to your big knee drop to power.
0: Yeah, not fancy move, but the actual physical contact, they chop each other. That those elements and those aspects will be inherited by people like Kenta Kobashi later on. Yes. Yeah, they love that, you know. But the Riki Choshu and Tenru had this two-year program, single match after single match after single match, and they didn't really have conclusion, you know. But the, they were equal. Riki Choshu and Tenru, you know, became pretty much equal, right? Mm-hmm. But Riki Choshu and his guys went back to New Japan in spring of
1: 1987.
0: Mm-hmm. That almost made New Japan match in a new japan show like almost skeleton right there were 10 to 15 ricky choshu guys on top of american and all japan regular guys and they that the the whole one dressing room left again what what happens is that that's when ricky uh, that's when Tenru finally turned heel on jumbo jumbo against Tenru became the main program of all japan that was popular
2: yeah. Ah so this was 88 going towards 87 the 87 yeah. 87
0: 88 89 90 yeah S- until spring of '90 so they jumbo and jumbo against Tenru single match program lasted good 3 years and that was when Tenru finally beat Jumbo Tura one two, 3 in the middle of the ring for the first time see Jumbo for the longest time was untouchable Nobody really beat Jumbo one to three in the middle of the ring. Did you notice that?
2: Hmm. That's why it was so important when Misawa won a couple of years later.
0: Oh, that meant uh, in 1990. We got to get to that. But uh, actually, see, today's wrestling fans don't still don't realize a lot of times that how important winning and losing actually in, in wrestling even because people you know from right from the day one you become wrestling fan it's work right. It does, But still winning and losing in resting means something. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, especially over time. You know, maybe today a, a win and a loss might not mean anything, but if you expand that to 100 over a couple of years, then it's, you could see a bigger picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still important because <clears throat> if you think about Roman Reigns hasn't been beat, right? No. I mean, it's very hard to beat Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. I can't
2: picture anybody right now. Maybe he, he'll lose in a three-way and the two other guys
0: are, are paying <laughs> Yeah, it was a little bit of an excuse and outside interference. Yeah. But nothing more than that. He's protected. I mean, not serious wrestling match, single match in WrestleMania caliber type in show. So after Ricky Choshu and his guys left and went back to New Japan, it was the biggest storyline, but it's the biggest turn that the Tenru finally turned on Jumbo and became Re- Revolution. You know, you remember the little unit name? Mm-hmm. Revolution with the jacket. Revolution. Yeah, yeah. And he only had one ally in, in Hara. you
2: know? Another and kind of uh, unique outsider yeah, from, Lona, from uh, yeah. international wrestling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like
0: outside kind of, you know, like outsider kind of Image, right? Very mm-hmm. essential.
2: So See, a Revolution, yeah.
0: Yeah. Not heel, but the heel like, you know. In Japan, babyface and heels are not like American babyface and heels.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Heels don't necess- necessarily cheat or bad mouth your babyface. There's no promo or mic or the backstage skit. You challenge your star like a sport. You know what
2: I'm saying? Yeah, your behavior out there is kind of what makes you heal or baby. If you do you follow the rules or do you kind of do what you want? Just that's it. That's the limit. We judge or based on You what challenge the establishment. That's true too, especially yeah. in Japan.
0: Yeah, you challenge the establishment because Jumbo the re, the part of the reason Jumbo wasn't was not as popular as he should be was that he was always so protected, right? He was Baba's and, boy. Yeah, number one guy. Yeah, from the day one. And he was so good that he he never had bad matches and he always had I mean always had strong single match against all the American superstars of that era and therefore he was protected. In the back of a lot of wrestling fans minds, what if? What if Tenru and Jumbo had a serious single match? They want to see that. And it took three four single match you know against each other until Tenru finally pinned jumbo with power bomb in the middle of the ring at nippon Budokan.
2: you know what i'm saying that was about a year after he turned on him
0: i guess so yeah about 88 you have to be patient with the whole japan wrestling
2: sometimes you know yes it's it's like a slower pace very much so but it's the payoff is a big big payoff. Yeah, and
0: uh, really believable. Yeah, and, and by, memorable. Yeah, and by having, you know, the single match program, you know, against Jumbo Tsura, Tenru became the caliber of a wrestler who can have single match program against people like Stan and Brody, too, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Believable single match. Today, Tenru might beat Stan Hansen. Today, Tenru might beat Brody for the first time. It didn't happen, but you know what I'm saying? He became very believable single main event guy. He wasn't number three anymore. No, pretty much like another number two or another number one. I mean, equal to Jumbo. That made Jumbo stronger babyface too. Now that the people are cheering for Jumbo too, for real.
2: Ah. But right at around this time is when Tenyu would actually take that momentum and he he would leave leave in
0: spring of 1990 the, the new newly formed like mega money company the Megane super the optical company with a lot of money wanted to go into wrestling industry initially they that the Megane super company wanted to buy uwf initially
1: mm-hmm. uwf at the
0: time 1989 1990 super popular uwf not this version of uwf had a maeda Takada, Funaki, Fujiwara, Minoru Suzuki—all these original UWF superstars in it.
2: And we're in the first Tokyo Dome show too.
0: Yeah, that too. And they, a lot of people
2: believe they are legitimate. You know what I'm saying? It was MMA at that time. (laughs) Yeah, it's work work,
0: MMA-ish pro wrestling. They never bounced off the ropes. They didn't have your hip toss or arm drags or drop kicks or anything silly. You know, they really had serious, serious wrestling match, which was UWF's, you know, essence that people have to believe that they are making professional wrestling a legitimate contest. Oh my gosh. Right.
1: Mm. And well, adding a lot more martial
0: arts right. to
2: it too. hmm Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't bring in uh, American superstars that much. Bob Backlund, for one, but uh, they beat him, you know. Mm-hmm. But the, the wrestlers they b- brought in was like a young Ken Shamrock. then trained him to be part of the UWF family. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Then later on, Ken Shamrock had his own path using that image. That's another subject for another day. But the connection is very interesting, right?
2: But Shamrock would be in SWS actually too, as a pro wrestler. Right, right. Yeah, Wayne yeah, Shamrock. he was
0: part of the Fuji-
2: yeah because he was part of the uh, part of the uh Fujiwara family I ah, yeah, excuse yeah. me it wasn't SWS it was Fujiwara Gumi. <laughs> P- yeah okay
0: Fujiwara was also at the time sponsored by
2: SWS people yeah. so there was a connection yes yes okay so, so all
0: these guys you know took their own path and become their own superstar you know years from that point on but the connection was there everybody was there but the to to get back to Tenru's tenru's story that sw no megane super could not buy UWF, okay so they went to Keiji muto you know they went to buy Keiji muto and Keiji muto said no oh my gosh you know and uh, then it came to tenru and his guys and tenru left and ten other Uh, Guys like, you know, Samsung Fuyuki and Yoshiaki Yatsu and a few other guys, you know, about eight, nine guys from all Japan uh, roster moved to SWS and had ill-fated two-year run with SWS. Yeah. Mm. But they had enough money to run Tokyo Dome. They had enough money to have a business connection uh, with WWE, you know, WWF. They -hmm. brought in people like, you know, Hulk Hogan, Legion of Doom, the Big John Tenta, all these, and they had the Tokyo Dome show too. If you remember, Tenryu against Hulk Hogan single match. at um,
2: Tokyo Dome. <clears throat> yeah, the SWS. Uh, there was that Stan Hansen was involved with that too. I think was that just the with Hogan and Stan Hansen on the. Ne- no, on the no, that's
0: there. not it. That's a, that's a you're talking about Stan against Hulk Hogan match 1990 Wrestling Summit.
2: Wrestling oh, Summit. Yeah, Tenryu yeah, was. With Randy Tenryu, Savage on that. Randy
0: Savage, that's very famous, but that's completely different. Yeah, that was, that was, it was a, a right joint before, show. Right before SWS mm-hmm, was
2: born. Mm-hmm.
0: So, SWS... That was partially the reason that uh, Tenryu was ready to leave, you know? Why is that? Yeah. Well, I guess that uh, after a three-year run in a program against Jumbo, he really ran its course too, you know? What's, what are you going to do now? Tenru already beat Jumbo and Jum- Jumbo's going to beat Tenru again. This is the, the, all good single match program has to come to an end sometimes, huh? Mm. And the conclusion was there. And uh, when, while Giant Baba was thinking about Tenru's next program, big money guy from outside came in and wanted to, you know, buy Tenru, and Tenru pretty much decided to leave, you know? Yeah but he was close to 40 years old then remember
2: mm. so he was by this time he was mr pro wrestling
0: uh not quite yet because SWS company very ill fated that it only the money was good uh the sponsorship money could only last so long and uh, they went down in 2 years then tenru formed his own company with his own money WAR you know, War, W.A.R. company that was still independent, but Tenru run his own company, you know, with people, his guys, Ultimo Dragon joined him, and they had pretty, you know, they had pretty much like a good three to five-year run with W.A.R. group. But it was the time um, New Japan wanted to get in touch with Tenru, And ten, the W.A.R. wasn't really major company. But Tenru had his own company going, you know. So they uh pretty much made a uh business negotiation with New Japan this time. And Tenru became not another outsider heel character working New Japan. So then re- resumed this single match program against Ricky Choshu again. <clears throat> it worked. They headlined quite a few Tokyo Dome show.
2: Pretty similar to NWO, WCW. That was a hint. See,
0: where they had NWO idea was when Eric Bischoff and his people witnessed New Japan against UWFI, Mm -hmm. Muto against Takada. You know, he didn't understand why this was so big and serious. Two companies run against each other. You know, of course, it's work but it's people believe in this you know company against company promotion against promotion one has to go down kind of thing it's a very serious serious situation that made keiji muto even bigger star
1: right
2: yeah the the big difference between the uwfi um feud with new japan and the war feud was because with war it was still pro wrestling there, of course there was no style versus style anything it was it was it was like more of a
0: human interest than anything
2: yeah yeah saga against Mm -hmm. ricky
0: choshu saga you know those were the big rival they never settled in in this 1985 1986 program they never had conclusion ricky choshu left you know then by by 90s you know in early 90s antonio Inoki already left the company to become politician he gave Booker job and, you know, dressing, dressing room backstage leader role to Ricky Choshu. So Rick, ni- 1980s version of Ricky Choshu and 1990 version of Ricky Choshu, two different person. Now he's he is the establishment.
2: You know what I'm saying? And he eventually was, he was booking the matches too. He was the guy. Of course. He yeah. Was the guy. The brilliant Booker.
0: Yeah. So they uh, openly, they... Book the program. Rick, uh, the Tenru Outsider W.A.R. wrestler coming to New Japan big shows, and then having a single match against every single one of these New
2: Japan superstars, and pretty much Tenru they had Tenru beat every one of them. Yeah, and if anybody has a chance, I think some of these matches are on you know New Japan World or YouTube. But yeah, the yeah, crowds much, in Kora, some of these crowd and crowds, uh, just the crowds in general during this time were wild. Crazy, yeah, and also I believe that uh, um,
0: Tenru was a uh, like epitome of, of traditional pro wrestling. See, people were so into UWF and Maeda and Takada, how they were going to make professional wrestling a leg- legitimate content contest, and all these things. But at the same time, look at Tenru traditional pro wrestling with your Tenru backhand slap chop. That hurts more than what UWF does. How's that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? So, uh, it was like a believer of traditional wrestling fans, you know? Believer, fans of traditional style pro wrestling, they really believed in Tenru. you know? Yeah, this is like what they've always done, and he is the toughest guy. They don't care, we don't care what Maeda would be saying or what, what, what Takada would be doing. And Takada, for example, he would later on leave pro wrestling and become 100% MMA fighter and never came back to traditional pro wrestling to this day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but uh, it was like, uh, Tenru was like somebody res- wrestling fan can believe in.
2: Yeah because of his background and because of his uh, history in the 80s at this point too uh not just that but the, what he does
0: you know how serious i mean his face and the way he carries himself and he he doesn't do much in the ring the ten root chop and the power bomb is about it right
2: but you it's right he how he uh, his face is usually fixed it's that way until when it does when he shows that emotion or, or rage, it really, you remember it clearly. Yeah. And you didn't see that until maybe later on. We didn't right. see that all that much. But yeah, he's cool, uh, kind of unbreakable, uh, doesn't show any pain, tries not yeah, to. Yeah, and also what's so beautiful, you know, beautiful about professional
0: wrestling is that you can say that I've been watching this guy for 15 years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, a, I'm with this guy, you know. You're on oh, his man. team. That, yeah, it doesn't matter what other people say. I like this guy, kind of thing. So it's, the popularity is, you know, not flaky. It's real, real popularity and, and it's loyalty. Like Bolivian, yeah, believe in Tenru. You know, it's like a yeah. So it was like that.
2: So and Very he, interesting. he's uh, it's again. It's um, we were talking about Onita earlier today, and he at the same time, both of the, in different ways, they were two kind of heads or leaders that they splintered off, and there was that. New third option, it wasn't just New Japan yeah, and all Japan, right, right? The indie explosion, the indie boom in, yeah, in the early 90s, but the business was big. They're oh, running, yeah, Kawas-
1: sure.
0: yeah, Kawasaki Baseball Stadium and Yokohama Stadium, they're running almost like monthly small palace shows. Only New Japan and old Japan could run those big shows then, right? Mm. But the Onita was able to. You know explore his new buildings and new fans and things nobody had seen before yeah uh, the funny thing is though the same fan who watched UWF and Maida last week will go watch Onita this weekend
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that. <laughs> it's, yeah me too it's this it's yeah. the same uh it's just a different genre you know it's yeah. like listening to different yeah. genre music
0: yeah and then during that you know mid 90s era not New Japan, not all Japan, but the Tenru against Onita single match at Kawasaki Stadium happened, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. This, well, that, that year was a whole, I think that's a really rare year. 95 for, any, yeah. 94. It was 94. Yeah. So in the first month in January, he had the match with Inoki, Tokyo. He beats Inoki and no one yeah, really beats that's him. that's rare. Yeah. That's huge. And then later that month, he goes to the U.S. and appears in the Royal Rumble and is one of the last right, people right. in it. This is the same month, and then in May that year, he has the uh, exploding barbed wire death match
0: against Onita. Yeah, and it's and not even halfway
2: stuff. through the year, so this guy—that's yeah. pretty. I so don't. So it's like ten meant
0: crowd. You know, he could single-handedly draw twenty, thirty thousand people.
2: Yeah, and and that. it didn't matter about the style or it. It, it didn't have to be a
1: perfect
0: match. Yeah, New Japan match, Onita match. Tenryu goes in and it does
2: his thing. Does oh, his thing yeah. and doesn't change it. Uh uh-uh. uh, that's believable, isn't it? Even if it's a ridiculous situation like this exploding barbed it's <laughs> it's so surreal. But you know, he didn't waver. He, you it, know, it's. I don't want to. In I want to use John Cena as just a comparison, a light comparison. Just because John Cena's never gonna, you know, do his uh, heel turn. He, he, you can rely on him to be that character. It's the same way with Tenryu. He's gonna be that stone-cold character in, in any situation. Similar, yeah. Reliable to the fans. Mm-hmm.
0: But John Cena had program strong program against Brock Lesnar, and they made him a little bit more believable, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: And he's a big, tough guy, too, you know? And he has a little baby
2: face, but he was tough guys kind of thing. And he has a legit background, too. The believable oh, background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, a, as an athlete, yeah. Mm, that, I think that really it seems to factor into all the superstars in the end. Like the same with Choshu and Jumbo. Uh, Giant Baba has his baseball. It, th- all of these stars seem to have had a, legi- a legitimate athletic sports background. athletic background. Competitive background, background of yeah.
0: Of course, it's, I mean, wrestling is not your just act or just going through motions or just do a, or plan high spot or anything like that. You know, you just have to have it in
2: there. Have it in him. But what's interesting is. I believe
0: that in in today's wrestling too, you know?
2: Mm, Yeah, me too. And I think what's interesting is that the guys these days, they don't have the same kind of backgrounds. It's right. It's that's maybe why it's different. It's different. And it's not like it doesn't work or works. It's just different. Yeah. Kota Ibushi, professional wrestler from the day one, right? Yeah. But. But you know we can't compare him to anybody else. He's from outer space. Well, you know?
0: Also, today's music and seventies music, eighties music.
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Things it's change. Like that. Yeah, it's I, like that. I don't think wrestling has ever been one way ever. I think it always changes. What made Tenru special
0: all the way till the end is though his retirement match. Well, we can do a. We have to have another episode on Tenru, but uh, we gotta ha- you know touch upon this his retirement match. He. He wanted to have single match against Kazuchika Okada at the
2: end mm-hmm. and lose. Yeah, Because Okada, it was, and this is 2015, it's so only five, six years ago. So Okada, the star of this time versus sure. Tenyu, the star of uh, another time. And it
0: was not sad. It was pretty competitive match.
2: Mm. Yeah. And <clears throat> uh, nothing about tenyu stuff. that I, I never see the sentimental, it's not... he. They're kind of emotional matches, but not in a. He's very, very macho guy. He's a tough a v- guy, tough yeah. guy. It's you know you're not going to see any tears in a Brock Lesnar match either. You know what I mean? It's it, there's right. a little bit there of an so. edge to it, so I think he appealed to the people that like that kind of thing. So it's like wrestling fan, but you are Tenru fan, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah kind like of like a, that.
0: tougher, tougher guy, like a like mm-hmm. a cowboy. Yeah, so it was like he ended up working both all Japan tradition, you know, traditional pro wrestling circle, and also he went to independent. He even did Onita kind of thing, and he, you know, had a single, you know, New Japan run, and he even had Hustle run, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, during the dark age of pro- Japanese pro wrestling, Tenru was a big part of Hustle promotion too, you know? And but before that,
2: actually, he, he so was much the- dimension. He was the superstar to come back and save all japan when uh, when everything kind of dispersed right, right. Mrs. Ba- mrs. 2000s. Baba
0: and mrs baba and Tenru, yeah made up and uh, they shook hand and uh, came back to all japan after misawa's group all left and formed pro wrestling noah so he was the part of that you know millennium era too yeah he was so, very very instrumental
2: so, how about this? So, and Keiji Muto against Tenru that year. Oh, God. That was the match, match of the of year, year, I think. Yeah. Oh, God. I Which was Nobody there. expected. Oh, yeah? It, I was a,
0: there at the Budokan. Yeah.
2: That's a very special match I want to talk to you about because yeah. Tenyu yeah. really never showed that much personality in a match up until that point. I mean, he. He was doing a, like a top rope frankensteiner in the match and then <laughs> jumping off the, he, Yeah, you he have does to do that against, sometimes.
0: Yeah, Keiji Muto's inability. You know, yeah. yeah.
2: that's something that I think uh, we saw even more in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, now especially. that today's fans think that the Keiji Muto is kind of old but uh, always
0: though that the, at the time Tenru is always 10 years older than Muto and you know people like Chono and Hashimoto or Ken that generation that clearly Kenru was always a generation older. So he was the one who was defending the traditions. Yeah.
2: He's defending the traditions, but you also see him in around this time, uh, you know, doing tope suicida or, or you know, jumping <laughs> yeah. off the apron. So he doesn't he, look
0: that great, but uh, he tried new moves
2: after yeah. you were 50. <laughs> That's what's fun. That's the exciting part. It's like when Terry Funk did a moon soul, you know, it's that kind of. Yeah. Feeling. When
0: you were 53 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Fearless. Fearless yeah. kind of uh, feeling. So how about next time? So we'll, let's start. We'll talk more about uh, tenure in the 90s and up until the end of his career. Because we can really yeah. focus on yeah. some. There was some special match. Him and Kojima in All Japan. Uh, in the, that's kind of important to Kojima's career.
0: Right, right.
2: Because
0: um, not as big of a star then.
2: Yeah. No, but I mean, after the tenure match, he's also part of other people's career. People it's maybe not as
0: changed the re- yeah, perception. Yeah. Wow, this guy is next main event.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. And we got to remember about uh, back to W.A.R. This he hosted this house that brought us uh, Gado, Jado, Chris Jericho. And
0: right. Uh, right. Storm yeah, opened, and op, opened the yeah, open the door for new talents. Yes. Very
2: interesting and non-traditional talent that you would never. Oh, young see. 23,
0: 23, 24 year old Chris Jericho was practically living in, in Tokyo Hotel. And and, and uh, he was staying here as, like, as much as his visa allowed. You know, Tenru had Chris Jericho come in and stay 90 days at a time, and 10 trips a year or something. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, not not quite 10 trips, but six, seven trips a year. You know, back and forth the whole year. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think there's a lot of stars that are still active today that definitely there's there's a, a tie to them. Shingo Takagi a little bit too, and, and Okada sure. too. They have those those ties just from somewhere from this path that. 10 years on that's just I, I can't really compare it to anybody else's
0: yeah but the the, the if you introduce the, the the personal connection people may have better understanding where they come from
2: yeah oh yeah because yeah. if you, if you know all of this about him then you get why people react the way they do and did
0: yeah yeah I like got today's you know Shingo Shingo Takagi you know always fan of Ricky Choshu and Tenru and See, when he was, when Shingo Takagi was a, a, the high school student, he wanted to become wrestler and he wanted to call himself Riki Koshu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's not from Choshu. Choshu is a part of the Japan's. that's the name, name of old town. And where Shingo Takagi is from, from Yamanashi, that uh, he is Koshu, Koshu, you know, old name of that, you know, the whole area. Ah. So Riki Koshu.
2: Yeah, uh, it he wants to like call a himself a ca- uh, comic character or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> you look up to your, you know, superstar you grew up, you know, grew up watching, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: So
0: yeah. And and I think we're feeling of, that now. Yeah, today's today's um, um Takagi's match if you look at him carefully, it's like, it looks almost as though he's like a modern day Ricky Choshu. Yeah. A little bit of that,
2: but he, you know, he Clothes does, lines. but he does the tenure stuff too. The the, the elbow, off the uh, sure, two the, the sure. Punch, yeah. punch, and then chop yeah, and then backwards elbow, same yeah. spirit, same, he's kind of a kind of mixture of the, what happened well, between those you two. You grew up watching, you loved so much, you know, that's mm. your turn to do so now. Yeah. And as fans, the more we learn about, it, I think we can really see that when you just watch anything, you can see yeah. it in Takagi really. It's really clear, his, the influence and inspiration. It's yeah. kind of like a, like a DNA. He left a DNA or bloodline or something.
0: If you understand that aspect of it, you understand him better as a whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do that next time. But the, we got to cover a little bit more other ground. You know, Ricky Choshi I mean, uh, Tenru's single match and tag team era with Stan Hansen, that made him bigger star during the era and making a regular tag team with Stan Hansen was never done before Japanese superstar Tenru and Stan Hansen making a tag team you know that, that was Baba's new idea yeah so it's, if if Brody you know didn't go down that way in 1988 it was going to be Jumbo and Brody making a tag team and Tenru and Stan Making a tag team, and they were gonna meet at the end of the year that, that year, which never oh, happened. Oh, wow, imagine yeah. that! Yeah, so that was the what if part of it, the history.
2: Yeah, Ooh. interesting, huh? Very <clears throat> interesting to think about it. Very interesting. It's, it's, yeah, and it, it's just the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, the more you realize how his handprints are ten handprints are everywhere, All over. and wow. not just in Japanese pro wrestling.
0: Oh, American too. Then yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. And
2: he's a, he's a part of that that uh, what is it, that lineage of Japanese wrestlers making excursions to Japan and and going back and becoming these reverse exports. And yeah, and uh, he
0: spoke good English. Again, he and Mike Hawk, Mike Hengstrand, Hawk mm. the Road Warrior.
2: Those two are real good friends. Really? Yeah, <laughs> in Japan. Yeah, uh, I remember watching their tag match with Jumbo and Tenu, and I think the. May, they might have been the only Japanese team that the Road the Warriors would take Road a bump Warriors. for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the following year, though, there was a trip trio, you know, NWA, you know, tag, the six man tag team champion, Road Warriors plus Tenru, if you remember.
2: Wow. Imagine if you wore <gasps> you the know, makeup N- too. I wish.
0: Yeah. And yeah, NWA had a, you know, Crockett promotion had six man tag team, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. made, Road Warriors and Tenru put together as a trio, which is interesting. It's short lived, but uh, now it's kind of interesting to go back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and next time we'll also talk about in the 2000s, the dark period when, he, when he's, hustled, he's also, uh, He was also, he'd be anywhere uh, on really small shows, on really massive shows as a guest. He'd be all yeah. over the Indies. So it's like, yeah, the major
0: company or independent company, he didn't really care that he appeared. Yeah and he didn't so, have to compromise in that way, who he was. He became more of a Terry Funk of Japan,
2: huh? Very much, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so and let's long re- career. Yeah. Long career. Yeah. yeah. They 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 do cross paths a lot. We should talk more about Terry Funk and tenure as well. There's yes. there's a lot we can expand on the next time, but before we go, um Fumi, can you tell everyone where people can find you online on okay. social media?
0: Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihiko Dayo on Twitter or just Fumi Saito on Facebook, yes.
2: Um, and send a message if you're adding him on Facebook, people. Oh, that um, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, so for Fumi, I'm just Yeah, sometimes you Yeah, I don't know
0: these people, right? <laughs> right? So, yeah. Uh, the message would be appreciated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So next time we're gonna get back together and we're gonna delve more into yeah. uh, the rest of Tenryu's career uh so don't and miss also, that and also if people send me
0: questions and a topic you know they want us to talk about yeah let's yeah we'll go
2: into that the only from Tokyo Japan Mr. Fumi Saito welcome back hello from Tokyo okay today is yeah. gonna be part two we're gonna talk about Genichiro Tenryu again um yeah. so we kind of left off with Tenryu when he Eighty nine, ninety. when he's Breaking out in all Japan Is actually when he ended up leaving All Japan After his First huge run mm. Right? Yeah So from all Japan We got a very Rare instance where he didn't Jump to New Japan but there was A whole new Company that was Kind of put on his back In SWS Right, Superstar
0: uh SWS Super World Sports mm-hmm. was owned by optical, you mm-hmm. know, company called Megane Super. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Megane's um glasses, right? And uh it, it was like uh was uh, kind of like a, bought by your Walmart or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah like a, um yeah. like a I I corporate, corporate money corporate eye doctor place. Um
0: yeah, Megane Super was the name of the company and uh they Initially wanted to buy UWF the, the, the you know second version of UWF which ran between 89, 88 to ninety one yeah ninety yeah you know Akira Maeda the, uh, Nobuhiko Takada you know Fujiwara everybody Minoru Suzuki Masakatsu Funaki everybody was in it and they were running Tokyo Dome and it, the the original uwf was the closest thing to mma then right
2: mm. it was the then, only thing that looked it looked a lot different because nobody knew what a real fight looked like at the time yet they didn't know that mechanic
0: yeah not yet and also it was behind that the idea idea was see my maeda had had vision and fujiwara had vision that, that they uh are making professional wrestling a legi- legitimate contest or well it still work still work though but uh, that legitimate enough where people look at it as real fight the idea was that but uh the whole professional wrestling was a make-believe right <laughs> Make you know make believe so i uh, uh but, but it evolved but uh, their idea was to make they're wrestling as uh, legitimate as possible. That's UWF. So they eliminate a lot of moves like, you know, bouncing off the ropes or fighting outside the ring or using cheers or, I mean, nothing silly.
2: No silly and, stuff, no comedy. And not even tag team Mm-mm. match.
0: An all single match, that could look like a competition. Anyhow, what I'm getting, you know, what I'm getting is that, that the owner, Hachiro Tanaka of Megane Super, thought that was it you know like uh, this is the real wrestling and it it was basically real marked out on it right and wanted to buy uwf but that didn't happen but didn't happen so somebody said you can start your own wrestling company right and he put a lot of money uh, behind it oh millions and millions tokyo
2: dome show even
0: yeah like uh like they draw Mm -hmm. you know it was the funny thing is i'll get to it but uh when you go to Megane Super around the time ta- around the time period, you know, go. They had stock of this invitation ticket for a Tokyo Dome for free tickets.
2: Ah, you know? so if you wanted That's a like new a- pair of glasses, you could also get maybe two. pairs. You can just walk in and
0: get that piece. You know, like a, like a grab ten of them, twenty oh. of them. You know, As <laughs> <laughs> it was sitting there, and uh, what the he, that the Megane Super people was somewhat. Uh, somewhat a victim of circumstance that way that uh, somebody told them that's how wrestling, you know, wrestling industry draw. No, that's not true. If you're popular, you can, you know, fill up Tokyo dome. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, so you, so they were told, you know, uh, when you run the Tokyo dome, you have to give tens and thousands of free ticket out. That's how they fill up the Tokyo dome. Didn't you know? It's like lies, right? (laughs) But uh, that's what they did. Anyhow, they went to buy Keiji Muto first. You know, mm. <laughs> the Muto, and then they gave me this. And with this, you know, hang, they had the key, you know, for uh, like a real expensive condominium in Tokyo. Look, you can have this apartment, you know. And then, you know, it's like a, just trying to buy out, you know, Keiji Muto's contracts from New Japan. And Keiji Muto, you know, at the time what he was like a, still like a 28 29 mm. and that came back from WCW and just just having his own run for New Japan smart enough to decline that no I don't want this you know mm. then they met with Tenru and 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 his group and uh Tenru was like a one man band at the time you know and uh okay let's make this SWS Super World Sports Big budget behind it, Tenru. <clears throat> Tenru is a man. uh by the way, English pronunciation is Tenru, huh? Always. Yeah, the R-Y-U. <laughs> it's r-y-u is so hard in English-speaking people. Yeah, I don't know it's how
2: tenryu. to. Tenru.
0: Yeah, tenryu. Tenryu right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the most people, even people like Nick Bakuenko was saying
2: Tenru. Tenru. Ten. I think that's easier. Or yeah, it's it, one of those uh, sounds that we don't have an equivalent for in English. It's just a sound. Right, like like your TH sound. TH sound or <laughs> R and L sounds. I mean.
0: Yeah, we don't have that in Japanese. There's nothing like
2: so, that. So, yeah. It's yeah. our, so our it's, weakness. My weakness. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs>
0: Anyhow, that's a, we get, uh, so as the uh, Megane super people went to Tenru, and uh, he was chosen and uh, he was already leaving all uh, Japan. The thing is uh by then uh all like all the actuality Tenru and Jumbo tura program like a real strong single match program three-year run it kind of ran its course too mm-hmm. you know they had they draw they, they drew packed Budokan after Budokan after Budokan. you know so you know, let's go back a couple couple years that you know that uh there was tag team jumbo tsura and tenru babyface tag team in all japan top then tenru turned heel basically in 1987 and and then there was your single match very single uh, very important single match program tenru against jumbo jumbo remained babyface of course and tenru became the strongest heel you know well, not quite. In Japan, kind of subtle, right? Mm. I mean, not like he didn't turn bad guy or anything, you know, but uh, you turn and, you know, you create your own faction more like. And uh, yeah, well, basically heal. And uh, he became equal to Jumbo. Actually, Jumbo had everything going for him for decades, right? Top guy and all the single match, important matches, titles, championship, and all the winning and Jam Tenru was clearly like right underneath him. I mean, Jumbo was so far ahead, and according to Bruce Brody. Jumbo was so far ahead of everybody. I mean, skill-wise, and yeah, and, uh, Jambo was like a better worker than a- anybody. Anyhow, turning Tenru made him equal, and and actually, Jumbo had everything, but popularity. See when somebody has everything like that, he actually isn't the most popular guy either. No? Jumbo, yeah, Jumbo Tsura was a top babyface, but he was not exactly the most popular wrestler either.
2: It's, it's kind of weird. He know? was a top positioned guy, but yeah, not yeah, maybe yeah. the crowd's favorite. Not number one. Not, maybe Yeah, because because he
0: was so number one for some I mean, for so long that the she uh, people almost resented his position you mm-hmm. know and back their head
2: is it like roman reigns in wwe It's so protected mm-hmm. right
0: obviously yeah
2: but the fans yeah. fans uh, well more like a john cena, john cena at beginning. Okay, like cold and hot at beginning yeah
0: yeah at beginning yeah but anyhow that that by having tendu you know get over so, you know so much he's so popular heel though but the so popular that that made jumbo popular too going against each other in single match program you know what i'm saying Mm. it's like almost like a chemistry
2: yeah in some ways they have opposite dynamics opposite chemistries to each other because of the backgrounds the backgrounds are actually pretty different but both are two templates for the successful japanese wrestler one oh jumbo is the wrestler's wrestler Uh, he went to the olympics he, he's yep. a big dude But on the other hand There's a different kind of uh, Big man's wrestling Sumo wrestling yep. That's Ricky Dozan And also That's that lineage
0: Yeah that's yeah. a father The father of professional mm. wrestling And also Jumbo college graduate Olympic wrestler mm. then, then started working uh, All Japan Giant baba's All Japan Like your Elite mm. Yeah Was sent to you know, Amarillo, Texas And learn the funk style you know such elite. he was very privileged he came back
2: he was very privileged <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah a lot of support And
0: upon yeah upon his return baba and jumbo tura became tag team and you know and they had a tag team program against prime time dory funk jr and terry funk at their prime i mean it's everything it's almost like handed silver platter issue. Mm. he well he deserved it because he's so talented mm. at the same time yeah Tenru is a type of wrestler, you know, like a former sumo wrestler that he started his career when he was 14 you know mm. yeah his sumo debut was okay he was born okay Tenru was born in 1950, okay mm-hmm. and his sumo debut was 1964. that's like 14 years old he's right? a boy <laughs> eighth grade, ninth grade yeah, oh my gosh <laughs> and he had 12 year run as a sumo wrestler. So he actually grew out of it. I mean, I mean, grew up with that culture, not just small wrestling, but everything about it. You know, living in a dojo, living in a small bear, lifestyle, chunk food. And uh, yeah, small is, has has its own culture and own value to mm. it. And he carries this smallness, that's the word, mm. you know? Yeah, he has this small culture, you know, culture thing. You carry that to this day. Oh yeah and in in a famous interview he was saying that yeah, uh, the, the professional wrestling was great but uh, as culture wise or like your every the things you do every day and how you look at things and how you look at the world deep down he's still small wrestler he said mm. you know some of the things you did you know age between age 14
2: to 26
0: that's that make you
2: you know yeah very much so and uh, Sumo yeah. was uh, actually a lot more popular when he was during his time in general Sumo was on TV for the first couple you know for the first time when it was getting really big in the 70s and 80s. Um, sumo has been always big though but um so he what I mean to say is that he's lived in the public. he's lived in the public yeah yeah, yeah. he had no and problems. Also, he
0: was like, there are always like uh, 700 sumo wrestlers in, in in Japan, 700 of them. And in 50 small bears, you know, on the top 40 guys appears on TV. Mm. Every day, NHK, you know, during the during the summer tournament, which just ended, you know, the Haku, Hakuho won the tournament and all that. Yes. Thing. The, yeah. Uh, Tenru was on okay, when he was 24. He was already in the top 40 small ranking. Wow. So he was on TV. You know, the reason the reason he retired early from sumo wrestling was that he, um, there was a split between two sumo bears, you know, who inherit the sumo. Sumo bears means stable, you know, only 50 hairs 50 dojos in sumo world. And uh, you have to either inherit or you buy the stock of sumo thing and you become that dojo, or hairs you know. Anyhow, that, that, that his father figure, sumo bear chief, and had this uh, split you know then uh, he um, he decided to leave with uh, uh, instead of taking sides of, of anybody and uh, he want, wants to he wants Tenru wanted to finish this particular tournament and there's a 15 dates he if you know the kachikoshi mm-hmm. if you win eight and losing seven that's like a win mm-hmm. right out of 15 dates he wants to win this tournament and walk out small on his own terms which, that's exactly what he did at the age of 26. Then he signed with Giant Baba's All Japan, and his wrestling career was another 40 years though, Be- in a year between 1976 to 2015. Oh my gosh, he wrestled until he was 65. 40 year wrestling career, well, 12 years sumo wrestling and another 40 years as a professional wrestler. That is- so he all to- yeah all he wrestled like 52 years
2: it's an intense <laughs> lifestyle
0: it's just um that's so, so that he is the he is Mr. wrestling more so than any, anybody yeah anybody
2: yes and I gotta say like there's no sumo in the Olympics but I gotta say because of his experience he's him and jumbo had not the same experience but very similar and like rival experiences to make them great rivals great partners the ace combi yeah Tenryu was
0: always more popular. But his his run as like a chasing the you know chasing after Jumbo because Jumbo was always a, not above him. Single match meant so much, you know. Yeah, the serious single match because Japanese wrestling fans always loved Japanese against Japanese single match on top, right? I mean seriousness, and it was Tenru's quest to you know when you know. Win over Jumbo, but therefore he will become number one guy in all Japan altogether. So that was a very exciting time. 88, 89, 90. But uh, even as good as the Jumbo Tenru program was, if you did that for three years straight, I mean, single match after single match after single match, it kind of ran its course. It, and Tenru felt that he had to look for something, huh?
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Then, then, then there was a. Uh, sws opportunity you know that guy, he run his own company the only thing was though because uh, see ten the idea Tenru had was that the reason they are not above giant baba and antonio Inoki was that these generate that gen it's their own company see jump antonio Inoki when he was 31 he was already running new japan pro wrestling jump you know Jan Baba, when he was about thirty-four, that that he walked out of old JWA and formed his own old Japan company, and he brought the network channel Nippon TV Channel Four with him. And uh, those, you know, both Baba and Inoki were like your owner, promoter, and a director, and producer, and a top guy in, in, in the ring, and the champion. And that's what they were not doing. Jumbo still employee. And Tenu felt like, yeah, I, I, he doesn't want to be just employee, employee.
2: Does that make I sense? I see, yeah, because Jumbo never really had the position ever in his career. He was a wrestler, and that was it. But top paid though, top paid. Yeah, he, he was top paid top talent, wrestler, yeah. top kind of guy, top talent. But yeah, but that's what uh, Tenu would end up doing when he would go on to SWS. And that was short lived, but he would go on to be that kind of. Inoki Baba promoter figure too
0: and the owner of his own company and also he became essentially the very first true freelancer pre-agent free mm-hmm. a very successful one too yeah yeah uh, that uh, yeah I was looking at his not a record but the, see, when while he was with All Japan he had you know he had match against Baba right mm-hmm. he had match against Jambotsura or people like Hiroshi Wajima, another former grand champion sumo wrestler. Mm. And he had a match against Dory Funk, Terry Funk, the Harley Race, the Nick Barkwink, or the Tiger Jet that the Abdul the Butcher, that he faced every single name superstars when, when he was working for All Japan. After that, during the SWS period, he had a single match program against Hulk Hogan at the Tokyo Dome, uh, which was big. Then after that, uh, he, he secretly signed a one-year contract with, with New Japan as an outsider. While while he was with New Japan, he had a single match against Inoki, the Fujinami, the Riki Choshu, the, the surprisingly enough, great Muta, Chono, the Hashimoto, Hase Kensuke. Every single superstar from that era in New Japan, with New Japan, that Tenru had single match with them
2: how about the uh ricky choshu match at uh tokyo dome in 93 that was uh what sixty thousand. that was
0: like a second run
2: though because when ricky choshu and his
0: stable was as japan pro wrestling you mm. know uh they were with all japan that was a top pro program all japan's Tenru against japan Pro Wrestling's ricky choshu uh went against each other uh for like a two-year period that, that Riki Choshu and Jumbo Tsura only had one single match in Osaka in 1985, and it was a one-hour Broadway, and they never did that again. History, you know, apparently. And at the same time, Riki Choshi and Tenru always had this exciting single match. They, they had chemistry. So the New, new Japan version of Tenru against Rio, they could do it, you know? It was still exciting.
2: It felt a lot. Are you with me? It felt a lot more like, um, you know, everybody says that NWO and UWF New Japan to have the connection, but I always thought the Tenryu and or, or, Tenryu with War in New Japan, or Ricky Choshu with his JWP JPW whatever it was. Yeah, that felt more like what NWO did in the in the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, because.
0: Um, people believe in different company, you know, a company against company has more seriousness, mm. you know? It, yeah. Cause it, it, even with wrestling, you know, um, one has to go down, which they always do. Yeah. It's like in, in reality, you know, after this new Japan against UWFI, UWFI has business. It went out of business for real it disappeared. You know? Disappeared. Yeah. Well, the reason they had that company against company, they were, you know, the company was going down. It's, you know, that's why they took that business.
2: And remember who won all of those matches that night? It wasn't many of the uh, <laughs> UWF. New Japan. You know, it was. Uh...
0: Yeah, because, yeah, as popular as New, you know, UWFI was at the time, that uh, whomever's booking it,
2: We'll have the upper hand, huh? Yeah, and uh, I think it was Choshu who booked that, yeah? Ricky Choshu
0: was like a very creative as a booker, you know? People don't give him enough credit, you know? After Inoki left to become a politician, Inoki chose Ricky Choshu to be the locker room leader and a booker. I mean, exclusively. Yeah? You would think Fujinami would take that place, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, like... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the leadership i guess that the uh, ricky choshu had more uh i guess i don't know uh, not a locker room popularity but the uh, people respected him and the company the company staff respected him that uh that he was a locker room leader like he was remember ricky Choshu was college jock
2: he was an olympian as well yeah. and um, and he was always a leader of something. Whether it was in all Japan, he was leading people, and if it was Ishingun, Ishingun. or so, yeah, and so he, I guess, he just had that. Uh, that's his attitude. I mean,
0: like he reminds me of like a college jock from your fraternity house.
2: maybe we could say like Matt Riddle. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's that's the new jock. Oh, Okay, oh, no, the jack is more like a football jack. Ah, okay, so yeah, yeah, so, yeah, he's a, a rugby jock or something like that, yeah. They, uh... Yeah, it was a wrestling team, and he went to Olympic, you know, and also was
0: in the college team in Senshu University, and yeah, he was always in that kind of atmosphere.
2: And you got to factor that in when we think about it, when he's booking this UWF show, um, he was never, I could, I think, I'm gonna, I think he wasn't the biggest fan of the UWF style. So we didn't see much of that up until that point, actually until it felt like he was out of the booking position. But He was, I have to give him more credit. Uh, he was
0: very self, he was not selfish at all. in And, and uh, you know, the, the booking, the way they booked the match and uh finish and all these things that, that Ricky Choshu was never Selfish, he never put you know put himself over that much, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, but by 1996, after that G1, I don't re- really see him. He wasn't in too many big programs, he would be in you know grudge match,
0: right? It was giving that's a uh, you know Keiji Muto, the Shinya Hashimoto, Masahiro Chono, Hiroshi Hase, Kensuke Sasaki. That Ricky Choshi was calling them uh five top guys we have. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like he stepped down pretty much, you know.
2: How about and Choshu's... Uh, did he have much involvement with the junior division in the 90s? That was always like was always Liger. So he didn't have anything. Yeah. He stayed hands off. He said... No, 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 but he he look at hmm. it
0: and he it. Oh, I sure. he's a booker.
2: Like a Vince McMahon yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you had another team mean the whole team for the... You have 15 wrestlers to deal with, you know, when it comes to this junior heavyweight division. And it's always been Liger's, like like his lifetime job you know
2: he's the yeah. uh, juniors manager
0: uh, like yeah like uh, yeah yeah manager and also that uh, he's a performer too you know and also that the creative director right he comes up with stuff jacob and he knows so much about division and how small guys work and how how they should look how how they should not look you
1: know
2: mm.
0: and uh heavyweight finish and junior heavyweight finish should be very different don't you think in, that's the very reason they have two divisions oh,
2: hypothetically yeah that's the thing i think i yeah. think the style now that we see all over the world is this kind of mix of what used to be junior heavyweight that's just now you know everybody jumps off the top rope everybody does really fast paced lucha libre style uh, sequences in their matches for a little moment here that's what's taking that's what's making
0: them not so special though, that's right you know you want to be different from anybody else you don't want to look like anybody else you have to be you have to be very original you know in that roman reigns is pretty very original john cena's pretty original last night yeah bobby lashley goldberg thing i got excited wow these this is gonna be a very believable program
2: you know if they were going to do any program with the current guys on the roster, I think Lashley is probably the most interesting, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because they were making Bobby Lashley so strong that uh, open challenge and key three, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good match. And then beat him right away, right? Then open challenge and then go, go, go. Wow, that's a perfect, perfect storyline, you know? And uh, that's making... Bobby Lashley, even bigger star and more believable. He's someone. Well, that's another subject for another day. Yeah,
2: and especially uh, Goldberg. I think Goldberg's time in Japan is something we should probably touch on eventually.
0: Eventually, but we're talking talking about the part two of part Tenryu. two. Of so, yeah, all Japan strong, all Japan run. Then SWS and WAR run. Then he had. He never was publicized, but he was under contract with New Japan and had program with every single superstars of, of New Japan. And at, at the same time, Tenru's WAR and the following UWFI's Takada, Tenru and Nobuhiko Takada had a single match too.
2: Remember? That's right. He did the uh, UWF style point yeah, system.
0: Yeah, was amazing. Amazing, right? And he did. I mean, this he, was a 19. 19- he's I mean strong, tough guy that he can take all the kicks, all the submissions, like, ha ha, you know. But his Tenru chap, like your Ric Flair's backhand chap, is a traditional wrestling move, right? Mm. But that traditional pro wrestling move is just as believable as what UWF have, have done.
2: And even though he did that, he does this style. And then not too long after, He's doing an exploding barbed wire match with Onita.
0: Tenru against Atsushi Onita. Oh my god, same person, same year, and it's so <laughs> you know? amazing. That's how amazing. Yeah, amazing. Right? He did,
2: but it's he didn't really. Yeah, from himself. one extreme to the other. Totally, exactly, totally different ends of the spectrum. Uh, oh, like a big movie to a horror movie splatter or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and later on, he would then, go back yeah. and and do more of that stuff and he, he'll be fl- he has single match against hayabusa too yeah that's right yeah like in, in the next couple
0: of years he had a single match against hayabusa and one time he even had the hayabusa mask on you know I and mean, how that's how versatile he is and at the same time he always had single match against mr pogo or people like kendo narasaki or he even had single match against gray susuke
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah and uh, he never seemed like he had to compromise uh, his wrestling style or his in-ring personality. He was the same. Always the he same. He was the same. Yeah, yeah. always the same. Then
0: he went back and forth and back and forth. As a, as a, that the WAR maybe he was not um, didn't have um, enough manpower to run his full-time company, you know, or his own shows as WAR. But uh, Tenru himself always had position because every company wanted him like Ric Flair. Mm. Ric Flair standing there, so every company wants to bring him over for, if he works that show, that becomes a big show, right?
2: Actually, I wanted to ask you about tenure. He had a couple of matches, pretty big matches with Ric Flair over in Japan and both all Japan. SWS. It was SWS's, did he have any match? Or was it just a Ric Flair? Did he only wrestle Jumbo on those late eighties tours? Or did he have?
0: I think that was Baba's choice, yeah. They would uh, when when they had Ric Flair against Jumbo, I think Tenru had something like Tenru against Ricky Steamboat. You and That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, a, but it's they were promoted equal, but in the back of fans, you know, fans head, you scratch your head, it's always like a right underneath. Huh?
2: Up until he left yeah. for SWS.
0: Right, you need to leave there, you know, to leave your nest. And uh, you you have to have your own company or own ring or own TV show to do so, and you become, you know, like, like uh, your own. Yeah. So, Ken was big as a heel, but uh, it was the best thing that happened to him was leaving all Japan. He will eventually come back, but uh, yeah, the greatest thing for him was explore the world and the all Japan, up until that point in time, all Japan wrestler, would not really work for New Japan Inoki people. You know what I'm saying? He was the only one. Yeah, yeah and then the people were thinking, I mean, I like, maybe like, um, including myself, see, All Japan's, Giant Baba's old Japan style of professional wrestling, and Anthony Inoki's New Japan style of professional wrestling, they were considered two different styles. And when you have Tenru, it kind of like, wow, actually it was the same. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. He, he's the yeah. bridging, uh, See, like, the reason I'm saying that when I was a little kid, I mean, I just, as, as ridiculous as it sounds, when I was a little kid, giant Baba was a, you know, dressing was show business. It's fake. Hmm. Antonio Inoki's wrestling was a, that's real, real deal. A lot of people believed it though. Yeah. That's yeah. When I was a little kid, that was that, that, uh, mindset of wrestling fans.
2: Well, I can only tell you from my perspective, I, you know, I didn't grow up with it, so I'm growing, I, 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 but I, I, but what
0: I, you have maybe better observation. Yeah.
2: What I mean to say is just as an outsider, as an American, I see more of New Japan as a martial arts root, kind of martial arts rooted, Japanese martial arts oriented. Yeah. There's something more action oriented and, um more Japanese, whereas All Japan was the Japanese extension of the N.W.A. Yeah,
0: because. All Japan and Jan Baba and establishment N.W.A. National Wrestling Alliance had the strong connection and Jan Baba was the only promoter who can bring in your current N.W.A. World title, I mean, World Champion Hardy Race or, you know, whomever had it. Jack Briscoe or Ric Flair to your defuncts to you know, all the NWA superstar there is automatically goes to all Japan. Mm-hmm. Whereas New Japan, when I was a little kid, they didn't have any famous Americans. They had Tiger Jeet Singh all year long,
2: you mm. know, running around,
0: <laughs> which was good. I mean, in general, wrestling fan, general, you know, not the mania, mania, the ones, you know, who watch wrestling on TV every week. Yes, Jan Baba's, you know, regular opponent was Abdullah the Butcher, and Inoki's regular opponent all year long was Tiger Jeet Singh you know, and then Inoki came up with the idea like Antonio Inoki making challenge to Muhammad Ali, right? That the people, nobody thought it would actually take place, but but that happened, you know, that happened. Inoki against Muhammad Ali, that made him famous worldwide. And after that, um, also, Antonio Inoki always used prime time under the giant as big heel. so. When Taiga Singh was not on tour, it was Inoki against Andre the Giant. Andre worked heel, and he actually was a real good worker. Mm.
2: Did you know that? Especially when uh, he had his matches a little later with Stan Hansen, about 10 years after that. Oh, that
0: that was good. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, All Japan, Baba had all the superstars, you know? And Inoki was like more like a Japanese-oriented one-man show, huh? Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: because Inoki bring in you know, some wrestler from America, he beat everybody. You
2: know? There was something about, uh, it, he wanted us to believe how real the pain is in all the shows. and
0: Right, right, right. That was a uh, mindset. And yeah. he
2: wanted to so use that a... Was like two different
0: products, two different products. Yeah, very different. But it, it's both wrestling though. Know? Definitely. So something, yeah, something we skipped. By having Tenru in 1990s, you know, like in the all through 90s into late 19 into even millennium, having somebody like Tenru who had experienced both styles, that's right. It wasn't all that much different, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, by then I was older, so I understood.
2: He did it, uh, I guess, Terry Funk did something similar too in, in the 90s where he just kind of, but not completely similar because I feel like tenure didn't change himself where Terry Funk would kind of evolve.
0: It evolved, yeah, yeah. It's not like Smile, Big Face, Biggest Baby Face, the most famous cowboy Texan in Japan, you know. Uh, they're still popular, but he had this another run as a living legend and he had Sabu single program. That he was running Terry, Terry Funk against Sabu was running all through, you know, like all over the United States Independence as main event. That gave Sabu a very good superstar rub, and he became number one deathmatch guy. And uh, style eventually became ECW. Mm.
1: Yeah,
0: so it was like a revolution in its own. Yeah and if you remember very first ECW pay-per-view barely legal it was about Terry Funk
2: he was the hero
0: yeah yeah so that's another run so so ten kind of similar Mm -hmm. yeah but Tenru he went to his own
2: he he did anything he and he would continue to do any any sort of wrestling and
0: yeah a single match against the women wrestler shinobu kandori Ah, that's right and yeah and didn't even wasn't even comedy no he he was able to have, you know, volleyball match against
2: this woman too. UWF yeah. style he, violence.
0: UWF style violence. Yeah, yeah. So really it, rough. All Japan style, New Japan style. And they had a match against Takada UWF style. Had a single match against Onita, the, the Onita's world, and later on Hayabusa, the Sasuke. After 2000, he had single match against people like Akebono.
2: Mm, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and during this yeah. time, too, he went to WWF for um, for two Royal Rumbles, 93 and 94.
0: Oh, Kitau. Kitau. Yep. yeah. Oh, old, and, old and WrestleMania 7,
2: yeah. So we would. Kitao, yeah. and then yeah. he was in the... Well,
0: WWE, WWF at the time didn't give him enough time, you know. If he spent like a quarter of a year and run program and worked and Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, he probably re- remembered him. A little bit better, mm. you know, or had actual program of sort. It was like I always guest, you know. Yeah, photo op. Yeah. yeah, but the Royal Rumble, they had the moment that they briefly touched w- with people like Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Bob Backlund in there. That uh, they exchanged some moves, you
2: know.
0: Mm. I mean, like saying hello, right?
2: It's co- it's a cool uh, way to maybe think about. Maybe this could happen. You take the picture, you can fantasize, oh, maybe this could happen down the road. It had that effect, but there was no payoff. It was just
1: yeah, it was what it was. Well, it
2: was okay.
0: But also it wasn't each you know, WW wasn't, but but Tenru wasn't the they were not really committed to each other all that deep then. You know? But To be able to have any success with WWE, you have to really come to the states and live there and spend certain amount of time.
2: Yeah, you have to live here. You have to have a full excursion.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, not until Takamichi Noku and you know Funaki and all these guys actually who moved over there and spent eight years over there to be on TV. Mm -hmm. Nakamura, you know the Kenta. Yeah, Tajiri was there, you know, but like he lived in Mexico, he worked for ECW, then to WWE. and he spent like eight, nine years in the States. Yeah. He wrote a book.
1: Yeah, so, so him. Different. Yeah.
0: Anyhow, uh, all around after a Millennium, we have to point out that Tenru came back and worked more in a few more shows with New Japan, and they had matches with another generation. Like he had match with Kojima, the Tenzan, the Nagata, the Manab Nakanishi. The, that generation, they had Tenru rub too. Remember? How about or even the, right before Nakamura that, and Tanahashi? They even had they even had match.
2: And right before that Maybe Maybe like 10 years before that There was a moment where W.A.R. wasn't It kind of started to dissolve And we mm-hmm. saw Tenyu go Over and jump to uh, All Japan Back to All Japan after years Uh um, have some after, Right after
0: Misawa and his guys Left and created Pro Wrestling NOAH mm-hmm. Right? And uh, uh, he Pro Wrestling NOAH took Network Channel Channel 4 Nippon TV with them and everybody thought all Japan was going down. That's when Mrs. Baba picked up the phone and called Tenru first time in ten years or so. And Tenru said, "I'll be there." I mean like a man's man, huh? Mm. <laughs> yeah, he is like a, that's how he is remembered. I mean, like I, I mean, I don't want to sound like a chauvinist, but uh, like he's like an old-fashioned man's man type, huh?
2: He's uh, like uh, John Wayne. John
0: yeah, yeah. Or samurai. Well, John Wayne is a cowboy, so Tenru should be big samurai. Yeah, he could be
2: now, Mifune so. or somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it really saved all Japan, though. Really, until Muto came in. Mm-hmm. And actually, that version of 2002, Muto and Tenru had incredible single match at Budokan too. That
2: was a really special match. Why was that so special? Why
0: do you think that I guess was so special? it was like a veteran Tenru against veteran you know, great um, veteran Muto with shaved head. I mean, new version of 2002 version of Keiji Muto, another run, because he was almost gonna, not gonna come back. You know, he left New Japan and he joined WCW and signed the contracts. It was dying days of WCW. Mm. And he, Keiji Muto was kind of testing water, like he might want, might want to move to States and stay, you know? And uh, yeah, and uh, coming from New Japan and signing contracts with old Japan is like really, really. I mean, in Japan, it's like changing company is a big move. You
2: know, it's not. Yeah, it's not as fluid as it is maybe in other countries where you can work here and you get another job and people understand. Yeah, and it.
0: Japanese people don't change company that's right a, out of college mindset, right? you
2: start out of college and you go to your company you want to work there for another 30
0: years until you retire it's your new family that doesn't happen that yeah yeah it doesn't happen that way anymore though but uh, that was the like way of life for a long time
2: huh? i think st- that mentality for a lot of people is still there i mean it, it's definitely different mm. it's changed a lot but i think uh yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's still kind of the common idea you go to college yeah and then work work for yeah college
0: and you start working for a big company and become part of that family and right? you do
2: ojt for like two years and then you you get you just work your way up to the top of whatever you can in the position
0: management or yeah the position or yeah that's
2: like a really like a choking
0: in my eyes you know i never did that
2: yeah yeah oh i i, I agree but that's a like a common yeah a lot lifestyle. of people do yes yeah, and the fringe
0: benefit and bonuses, and, and, and uh, all the, yeah, uh, that that's a safe way to live. It's huh?
2: very safe because they really do take care of you and they'll never fire you.
0: Right. Well, that has changed a lot, though, in the last decades or so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, but I know what you're saying. The mentality is still there. Mm. Yeah. So, but uh, Tenru is so versatile that I we just, we just uh, touched upon. His program against Takada or people like Onita or Hayabusa or even Kandori and Akebono or even had the the, the Noya Ogawa you know match. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, Noya Ogawa Some, was somebody. It was it was, the, it was, was
2: kind it, of fun. Tenu was always kind of on the pulse of whatever was the hot thing. The hottest, hottest. He was the first one who was in touch and would connect with the fans because he wasn't connected. Not to- so much himself, but the promoter and
0: the whomever producing at the time would come up with Tenru. Because who, who this you know, person should face, and if this person, rising superstar or the, the, the new superstar who, who they want to sell, that put this person against Tenru, that automatic big match. You know? It's automatic so big match, yeah.
2: and no one really because Tenu is is alone. He he represents himself. He doesn't represent the company. It's a, a big name, big name, but nobody really. Um, it doesn't really uh, affect the company really severely. If something, if he just leaves, it's it's like Bruiser Brody coming in and out of a territory. Right, very much so. Very much so. I was gonna say, yeah. Where uh, that's it, very rare. I don't know it, that really stopped happening around.
0: Well, Tenru is the, the only one, probably the last one for a long time.
2: And yeah, yeah. we're talking about the Muto match 2002. This was the first time M- but,
0: I was there. He, oh, that was. But he match. was
2: doing I, things I'd never seen him do before, like a Frankensteiner <clears throat> off the top rope or a He didn't
0: look that great, though. Looked, but not Be- great. Because that was, uh, that was saying hello and shaking hands to Muto. That's what Muto does, right? Ah,
2: uh, Yeah, that's right. He said, I can yeah. do it too
0: yeah and then also they were working legs you know that you know cage muto was using the, the dragon screw leg sweep into figure four leg lock as a finish mm-hmm. right that was like his later version of his you know finish and they worked by body parts and the storytelling matches and they stopped the it's like a, almost like a like a trend of like a big match-oriented Japanese moves, you know? Not, Japanese wrestling isn't just bunch of big high spot and big moves. It's like, look, here's a story, you know, storytelling, traditional, very old-fashioned wrestling match. And that's better than the young people's high-flying match kind of thing.
2: Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and they proved they could do that and add (laughs) some high-flying to it too if they wanted to. For five seconds, yes,
0: but it's not high-flying, big match-oriented moves. They only had maybe, say, one one or two big moves till the end, but it was all about very traditional who's going to have figure-four-leg-lock type of storyline. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: And the the big moves feel that much bigger because they're not a big part of the match. Yeah,
0: they don't do it too much. Yeah, It's just a memorable One part, after another, yeah, yeah it's like... A, big match yeah not a big match but the big move and a big high spot and just a whole bunch of specter thing one after another and pretty soon it doesn't mean anything. it's,
1: it's, it's like, like
2: the final uh, action scene in a movie it's not the last part of the movie but it's the it's just the final action scene in the story. yeah
0: yeah I always make this uh reference like it's so going to some you know expensive restaurant for lunch and you had big buffet you know, there's so many different items, but I, you don't remember what you ate today. It's like a big buffet. I mean, too many, too many items, you know? So you don't need that many things on your plate to have great dinner. Just two or three nice things, you know? So at the end of the day, it was meat and potatoes and veggie. How's that?
2: Yeah, good combination. Yeah,
0: yeah, and soulful. I mean, like a soulful. Comforting. You know? yeah and that's what you needed
2: you know especially that time actually that's a good segue because we have to also talk about Tenue in his brief stint in hustle i remember him yeah
0: yeah that was like a dark i mean i talk about dark period the japanese wrestling it was so dark that i uh <laughs> oh man when i think about it it's already 15, 16 years ago, like 2004, 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. I really felt that the wrestling business as a whole was going down. You know? It's like a bad dream. Oh, a bad dream. And weekly fight, weekly gang, they all went out of business. you know? And then a couple, I mean, three or four, those newsstand, newspaper, you know, sports papers that we talked about, they went out of business. And things are going to all oh, internet. But not all journalists migrated to the internet, you know, the, the category either. So it's like all new people. And this, this all happened all at the same time, the, the internet, not just internet, but the, they started having the moving picture in, on the screen within the internet. So that would change television and that would change DVD, you know, and all these things it's, everything was changing. And, uh, yeah tenru was not exactly in his prime time anymore but uh he was still on top age 60 or something mm. but uh yeah he was still in the ring and uh, that's when i said about Na- naoya ogawa or people like Akebono, you know and uh or he had match uh it's, he was in the same ring with people like takayama
1: you know mm-hmm.
2: That's right, yeah. and he would have. oh He'd show up in pro wrestling Noah in the early two thousands as well. Have matches with Misawa, Kenta Kobashi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was always yeah, relevant. I,
0: I, I believe, yeah, that oh, relevant, of course. Like, Takayama was the greatest. Was going to be the greatest candidate to be like Tenru. Mm, you know?
2: I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he didn't get hurt, you know. Takayama was a big, big guy. We should talk about him sometime too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, spoke with his wife not too long ago. Yeah, that he's in, in, in a rehab, you know, that the facility still. But after COVID, I cannot visit him at this moment. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, because, you know, other people will be you know infected or, you know, the whole building is very controlled. You I know, that the only immediate family, not even the immediate family can go there. You have to register and make an appointment.
2: You know? I see
0: so I uh text you know her you know when can I you know come and visit that uh please text me again you know back and all these things I I used to come and visit maybe every three months or so yeah
1: mm.
0: we sat and just talk wrestling of course <laughs> he uh, he grew up as a big wrestling fan no secret about it you know so we talk about a lot of wrestling it's just fun
2: and he was on the undercard of those matches that Tenya had with Takara back in the 90s. He was one of those UWF... When he,
0: yeah, when he debuted with UWF International, that he was still one of the undercard young guy, huh?
2: Short hair. Yeah. Short part yeah. hair. Very Always cute. tall. Very tall. Almost yeah. Really, uh, it really stood Almost out. Almost skinny. Yeah lanky, yeah, lanky. Yeah, he got very big yeah, towards but his the- end. I think he surpassed Takada after that. May I think so?
0: Yeah, and also Takada went to MMA, and he was never able to come back. No, you know? he was. Then when he came back to pro, you know, when Takada came back to traditional style professional wrestling, it was more of a definition of hustle. Mm. And of all things, Takata was wearing Hitler costume. Bad. <clears throat> Remember? Yeah. Takata was Hitler costume. And oh, Tenya
2: was, well, he was wearing some kind of costume as well. Pants. He was wearing the, yeah,
0: the, the uh, army the, pants. or Yeah, black pants, yeah. Uh,
2: dancing. I
0: think he he had to have this, you know, that the back, what do you call it, like a big corset that, the, you know, he was all taped up, you know his knees to lower back to all these place and he was leaning forward like old person and uh, but when he goes into the ring he can do it You know. Yeah. then that after that he even made appearance and he had a brief match against this generation of Shinsuke Nakamura or Hiroshi Tanahashi or Katsuyori Shibata, they touched each other in the ring all the way to remember his retirement IMA match in 2015. The very last match Tenru had was against Kazuchika Okada. Mm-hmm. So, all the way from Giant Baba to Kazuchika Okada, he faced it. You
2: know? And that was on kind of his own There's nobody show. Like that. He was like his own. It wasn't any oh, promotion. Oh, retirement yeah. show. Yeah. <clears throat> that's something that right doesn't really on. happen either. He, he didn't need a promotion. He ran his him. own yeah. show.
1: No,
0: no. That When he had this retirement ceremony and his very last show, that's his own show. Actually, her his daughter ran was a promoter.
2: Uh, tenure Project, that she's in charge of that.
0: Yeah. Mm. And they still run Tenru Project to this day. Mm-hmm. Just this last weekend, Tenru Project had a show, you know, and Tenru comes in, oh, of course, not going to wrestle, but he comes in with his cane and watches the show. Oh, yeah, I, before I forget, Tenru, as of last week, it was very interesting. Tenru banned thigh slapping super
2: kick at his show. Oh, that is big news. He announced that publicly. Yeah, because no,
0: no, no, no. He told the boys, (laughs) Yeah, told the
2: boys. So I mean, that's he,
0: I mean, what you guys are doing is great. But the one thing he hates or dislikes so much that every time somebody throws super kick that shouldn't make sound, you know, I mean, maybe once in, in a while, the you know, thigh slapping will, will be really spectacular right it's like oh connected it hurts right but every single time every single wrestler does this super kick this shouldn't make any i mean same sound so thigh slapping thing is no no at his show interesting huh?
2: i heard a very similar story uh Katsuyo Shibata has um, Dojo and
0: Oh, told New Japan Dojo Don't be making noises That's not necessary mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he said If yeah. he
2: catches his guys Doing the thigh slaps That's 100 squats For the students oh, okay He told me okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead yeah. serious That is straight from The horse's mouth That is
0: Yeah, well, he's like that He's like Old that. school Yeah Very old school Well, maybe Once every Once in a great while That should work but not every time you do the super kick, or anybody does a super kick, mm. it shouldn't make that much sound. I've never heard <laughs> anything <laughs>
2: like that. We've heard because we, we know what they sound like now. It doesn't sound like crow cop every time.
0: No, no, it probably doesn't make any sound. It just looks devastating. Yeah, it's like a sound effect, you know. So it's a different mentality, you know. And a lot of the young generations' wrestlers don't even know what it meant, you know, until they were told, you mm. know. They just thought that's what they do, right? But coming from old fashioned wrestler like Tenru or younger, but Katsuyo Shibata, it's like, uh uh uh, don't be doing that. It's like, that has to be told. You know, they wouldn't know it until they were told. How's that?
2: And when I think of Tenru, I think of he would do something that's the total opposite of making a noise. I remember him getting so much reaction from, he would like to chop some of his opponents in the throat. Do you remember how he would do that? He would chop yeah. the kind of illegal, but he would do it in the, th- yeah. no noise though. It was just how he did it. It's a, it's kind of his, uh, his communication
0: or, or the potato to <laughs> your receipt or, you know, wake up, you know, or yeah. But the, usually his ten root chop, you know, much like your Ric Flair's backhand chop, that's like, that makes a lot of
2: noise. A lot of noise you know? every time.
0: Yeah every time for real for real you know how inner bleeding you know that uh you're, yeah vein killing yeah just devastating it turns red then it turns purple mm. you're bleeding inside sometimes outside too yeah that too yeah but that's uh also a japanese tradi- you know very tradition of you know mm-hmm. their, their own style i think
2: and and he finished against Okada, the, the top star. You could say he's the top star still. Yeah, yeah. Of, the, yeah. of his time. ever. So how many? That's four I mean, four like, decades.
0: somewhat uh, 35 years younger than he is. Yeah, yeah, it could be his father. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But uh, he wanted to walk out and finish his wrestling career with somebody that's, like, today's biggest superstar. And also that day, he made sure he had this original black short trunks and the black and yellow old ring boots. Mm-hmm. No more pants. You know, he had this 65 year old Tenru come out with short black trunks, good old fashioned black and yellow old ring boots. He worked like, I mean, he can't do it, but the, that's how
2: he wanted to look. And his natural and body also, shape.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then also, yeah, before we we forget, we have to point out that his last protégé, the guy who was carrying Tenryu's bag, Mm -hmm. Tomohiro Tomohiro Ishii became big superstar. Ah. You know, with New Japan. Mm -hmm. Because he was always told he is too short to be anything, right? That's right. And then proved the world wrong. Yeah, Tomohiro Ishii is one of the biggest, you know, favorite star not top but uh makes difference to have him in, on on the card and how popular he is in uh, at the building you know is she you know he's popular and right? he's
2: very much the same spirit as Tenru.
0: Tenru and very believable no gimmick no promo you know self-made just man goes out i think so so a uh, little bit of Tenru is still out there
2: yeah yeah it's,
0: that's what i'm getting
2: and i see that a little bit in shingo takagi too do you see that as well yeah, yeah, I guess maybe so. just taking so. some of the uh, the style, you know, the, the the backwards elbow drop and the uh, and the mm-hmm. goo punches mm-hmm. and the and the backwards chops.
0: Goo punches, yeah, and, well, lots of clothesline, though. No? I mean, too, mm. I mean, almost too much of clothesline, my taste. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, he comes from Dragon Gate, but uh, he's more old-fashioned And the first dojo or first gym. Um, he worked out, you know, he learned was uh, Animal Hamaguchi's gym. Mm.
2: Yeah. When he was was in high
0: school? uh, Right out of high school, before Dragon Game. Hmm. He came to Tokyo and joined Animal Hamaguchi's dojo, where people like Kojima or Otani or so many different guys came out. Yeah, 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 right. So it was like a dojo before dojo, you know?
2: So he has a a kind of lineage sort of too and connects. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, it's very important. So, yeah.
2: I think we hit all the, the high points of Mr. Tenryu's career, Mr. Pro Wrestling's career. I uh, think so? Yeah. Very good. I'm happy we, we didn't have... Yeah, because
0: to- we uh, if we don't talk about him, it's, uh, he should not be forgotten. Today's wrestling fans, I don't know, the, the, the younger generation listeners out there for our program, yeah, should always learn the, the people from the, the previous generation. Much like learning about Tenryu is much like... You're learning about Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan, or you
2: know what I'm saying? He's, yeah. he's one of the uh, of the what what can we say? He's on the Mount Rushmore. He's on the, he's
0: yeah yeah. So like, it's so easy to say icon. It's like so abused, you know. The word icon is so abused, so it's like a, or legend or something like that. But it's like it's hard to say he's one of a kind.
2: But he's really you know? special because he doesn't really have an exact contemporary, and uh, he he lived through a lot of different mm-hmm. eras and and. He didn't stand in the shadows during those eras. He was right out in the spotlight, from Hustle to the UWF times to the Deathmatch times to showing up in the states when he was younger, when he was more yep, of
0: his prime. Yep. And actually, his his English is pretty good too. Well, his voice is, hmm. but the, more English speaking than he lets out. You know,
2: he's a very interesting character, and he, you know he's he's still here, putting on his own show. He's
0: still here and as of last week he banned the thigh slapping super kick. he's
2: still active that's pretty good he's, he's still yeah, yes, in the don't world.
0: be doing that at his show hmm. under, under his watch <laughs> you know that's interesting huh?
2: I think so um, do you have any uh, if you had to recommend one match for a listener out there what would you oh wow if you could just type it in on YouTube what was the first one that comes to mind <laughs> what opponent or or match that comes to mind
0: uh, well early ni- 1990 Jumbo Jumbo solo single match, one any of them. There were uh, about seven, or eight of them I can come up with. But uh, any, any of these jumbo single matches is good. And uh, Keiji muto single match, 2002, that was. Yeah, that's must. Mm. And uh, ten, any Tenru against Riki Choshu, or even the Ishingun tag team, Tenru and ashura Hara tag team match. Any of any any of those, uh, they're all good. Mm. Different era, different wrestlers. It's kind of like 70s, late 70s Ric Flair match, early 80 Ric Flair match, WWF era Ric Flair match, back to WCW Flair match, long hair Ric Flair, short hair Ric Flair, it's really a lot of them, right? So it's the same as tenru You know, you can't point out one or two.
2: So everyone yeah. out there that's listening, just you have to do your homework on your own. There's too much to do. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I, If you know, type in this, I, I'll link up some, uh, some of these matches that oh okay yeah yeah I'll put it that, in the that, notes that, when that, we uh that, post it on patreon sounds good so where okay. where can uh, people find you on the internet um okay
0: on twitter fumihikodayo f u m i h i k o d a y or fumihikodayo on twitter or just fumi saito, saito on facebook message me first
2: mm. send a message <laughs> before you add and I'm at Justin M nipper on Twitter um, if you have any questions or if we missed anything, let us know, let us know in the comments and Patreon or via social media. And I think next time we talked about this earlier, but I think we're going to leapfrog over to Mr. Jumbo, Jumbo Suta. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We have to, we have to. Cause we're, Jumbo we're kind of in
2: the zone the anyway. Sure. We're in the zone.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a completely different path, but, uh, he became co- college professor at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: yeah. out my way out in Oregon. Yeah, yes,
0: yes, that's right. So, uh,
2: right. but a very different route than Tenyu. But it was at the same time. Very much so. But they were actually good friends, mm. too. Yeah. Uh, and they both went to America, too. So, yeah, we'll we'll get to that um we'll get to that next time. But um yeah. I guess until next time, Fumi, take it away. So long from Tokyo.
1: Write that down for me, Write that down for me,
2: what does innovation sound like it sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer client or patient it sounds like having the right information right when you need it